Okay, uh, good evening, everybody. So this is episode seven of Malt Travel Podcast. Uh, we are recording this on Thursday, the 4th of March. So spring has sprung. I think the 1st of March is the new meteorological uh, spring. We've had the budget this week, um, which we might talk a little bit about. I think it's mixed blessings, really, I think, for uh, Pubcraft. Uh, I'm glad to say that we are rejoined by Bruce this week. His, uh, his luck doesn't get any better in that the uh, next door neighbour has pinged his COVID app. So he's back in locked in for 14 days. It's not going very well for you, Bruce, is it? 2020, oh. forget 2021, 2020. That's outrageous. Yeah, this is so boring. Thank goodness we have this to do. Well, there, was a lot, there was a lot of stuff on social media today that all the track and trace, the QR codes, they're not used half of the information, well, three quarters of the information. I saw that. Was it something like the pubs and clubs had done some like 200, you know, logins and only 256 had ever been chased up by the yeah. great Dido and the 20 and billion then, pounds the or whatever. Government asking those businesses to contact their um, patrons direct was a breach of um, GDPR rules anyway. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> it was getting a bit of a slating. Really. Anyway, let's look on the bright side. Like we said last week, spring is in the air. We're, we're heading towards... Uh, hopefully, uh, lighter times. Uh, we've got obviously just over a month before we get to where pubs might be reopening, certainly in limited format. Uh, just a quick point uh, I have managed to get the pub list on early this week. So if you do want to go onto the website, malttravels.podbeam.com, I'll retweet that later. Uh, the pubs that we talk about are most of the pubs we talk about this evening. There might be some more that we add. Uh, the lists are there, and they are there for the last, I think, three or four episodes now as well. And I promise I will catch up with episodes one, two, and three at some point as well. So a bit of news to talk about in a minute, but just to kind of set the scene, uh, and as the sign says there, welcome to Leeds. We're right, you're wrong. Yorkshire, Yorkshire, Yorkshire. <laughs> so we did suggest that um, Leeds in itself is just a phenomenal city, uh, certainly for beer. City of beer, I've kind of sub subtitled it there. So uh, hopefully we can have a good a good crack at again the kind of places that we really would like to go. I think we're I think we've got about twenty on our list tonight, gents. Uh, but I will say, um, just let me move forward a little bit, that there is a fantastic, um, one of those, I don't know what you call them, any graphics, uh, leads order around, which is a graphic designer guy who does this. And I think he lists over 600 pubs and clubs when, and bars when you kind of stretch out leads to its furthest limits, which is just phenomenal. Oh, isn't it? So we've, uh, we're going to try and pick 20 out of 550 plus. Um, so again, uh, We'll, 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 we'll focus on that a little bit. Um, and obviously, we probably will talk about Tetlis as well, because it's a bit of a theme, isn't it, in our little podcast every week. We kind of talk about the demise of once great mm. brewers uh, and, you know, the, the kind of the sad news, sad um, news about that, but maybe some light as well. In uh, Certainly Leeds now is a fantastic city for breweries. And I think we got to about 22, didn't we, Nick? And then we stopped counting. Yeah. So really good as well. Uh, I'm just going to throw these in straight away. Uh, Bruce did share with me a bit earlier on this week uh, the stunning news uh, that uh, the very famous brewery Goose Eye in America, sorry, Goose Island, not Goose Eye, that's a, that's a Yorkshire brewery, uh, Goose Island have produced in collab with Cadbury's a cream egg beer for Easter. We mm. understand will be limited edition. It's a 4.6 uh, and they call it goo beerly, so it, I guess it's kind of a kind of one of those chocolatey stouts, isn't it? I think I understand that uh, crab um, Cadbury's cream eggs are fifty years old this year, which is why they're going to push the boat out a little bit. 
And then if that wasn't enough, uh, Roger Brotts, Prots today, which we mentioned a few times, uh, was tweeting that apparently Marmite are just running a, a little bit of a tester and they've come up with a Marmite Cornetto or the Marmetto. Um, and obviously we talked about Marmite a couple of weeks ago. We talked about Burton. Uh, I've got to say, both of these don't really appeal to me. I, I don't mind the chocolate style, but the cream eggs are so really sickly and sweet. Mm. I don't know what you guys think. Well, no, I'll, I'll give it a go. Yeah, a yellow bit in the head, yeah. Yellow <laughs> I think it was April Fool's Day they're looking at, wouldn't you? Yeah, I'm going to say both of them. Yeah, I, I, I must admit, I had to kind of double check and say, no, we actually march, aren't we? But uh, so we, we might come back to that. And I don't know, I've not, I don't know whether they're going to, I presume they'll be in supermarkets, those uh, those <laughs> beers. And I mean, again, I don't know, I, I think Goose Island tend to brew all their beers themselves. I don't know whether somebody's brewing it in license over here. I don't know. Well, Cabris is own, is it American owned now, or is it? Once uh, again, is it, it craft was... craft owned Cabris now, don't they? Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Because they, before they bought it, they promised not to change the ingredients, the recipes, and the first thing they did was, as soon as they had ownership of it, was change the recipe. Um, yeah. I must say, I think Cabris chocolate has gone back to what it used to taste like. The only problem is, is, is you know the sizes. I just wonder, like, whether these candles start getting smaller. Well, we know these beer cans are getting smaller now. I mean, that's a 440 milliliter, 500 milliliter can there, isn't it? But yeah. same as the cream eggs. You know, when we were younger, you used to remember the size of footballs, and now they're down to the size of oh, miniatures. <laughs> yeah. And they, now they've certainly changed. The use, isn't it? Shrinkflation. Right. Shrink, uh, uh, you get, you get, you pay more and get less is kind of what you said, I think, Bruce. Is that right? That's right, yeah. Okay, so where we're up to? Well, we... We said that we were going to spend these few episodes just, I guess, we kind of set the scene in those first few episodes. And it is quite hard to believe, actually, we're on to episode seven already. Um, and we've been looking at kind of the, some of our favourite trips as we as we ponder for the possible late spring, early summer. Um, and we've done York and we've done, well, no, we haven't done York. I'm going to come back to that. Uh, we did West of York. Uh, we talked about we had quite a good session up in Hull and these riding. Uh, and last week we said we'd focused on the Trans Pennine Real Trail, which was a, a good one. Uh, and then we did, we, when we started to think about this and start to write things down, we felt that we probably have to give Leeds its own um, episode, really, because as we said, it's such a, a mega place. So that is the plan today, really. Um, and I say it is, um, I guess, a background, really. I mean, Leeds, again, I guess when we first were going, the three of us, it was fairly grotty, wasn't it, back in the kind of late 80s, 90s? Yeah. It was on a bit of a downer. Um, and then I, I presume it was one of those inner city developments. It didn't have a, a garden festival, anything, did it? you know, because often that, I mean, I'm mm. thinking about Liverpool and Stoke, they use the garden festival things. But Leeds, I think, just went into a bit of a retail push, didn't it? And Harvey Nicks appeared. Um, Every then, regeneration. Yeah. yeah. And then obviously the, the big the big shopping, the Trinity shopping centre right in the middle of Leeds which mm. I guess, you know, took quite a long time, but I mean, it's pretty fantastic now, isn't it? And there are a couple of bars in, in, within the shopping centre out there as well. I mean, that, that is quite recent. There was a big push for business tourism as well, you know, making Leeds the powerhouse of the north, rivaling Manchester, um, encouraging a lot of the international hotel chains to come in. We then brought their bars and their subsidiaries as well. Um, so there's a diverse range of, of drinking as well in, in Leeds. Yeah. From your traditional pubs to your, your cafe bars to, as I say, a lot of your brand-chained restaurants and people like that were encouraged to come into, into Leeds. I think they were, there, was, there was money made available by the government because they themselves felt that, you know, this north-south divide, they've always tried to get on top of it. But uh, it, was, uh, it was something that was, yeah, the Trinity Centre is quite new compared to how long the development has been going on in Leeds. But I think we used to just use it once again 
as a stepping off point to, to go further afield. So we didn't spend all day in Leeds, but you certainly can spend that amount of time, which, yeah. you know, over the course of the next hour, we'll, uh, we'll show to people what diversity and, and what places there are. And again, certainly the centre is quite compact, isn't it? And as we've said, it's a, it's a good if you're going out with a family or with partners in that it's got a great shopping centre. You know, again, lots of varied shops, really. The old Victorian arcade, it's got a fantastic indoor market. It's got good market. Big, like Harvey, Harvey Nicks, big, uh, huge new shopping complex in the middle of Trinity Shopping Centre. Um, and, and literally hundreds of pubs within, I would think, what, 20, 25 minutes walk within each other around that central kind of belt yeah. where everything is so it's, it's pretty good um again a real city of industrial revolution uh the kind of the heart of uh we've mentioned woolen trade but also corn trade um i don't know what's i don't know which particular uh industries per se a whole a whole a whole uh, range really um we'll talk about flax because obviously there's a brewery which uh, is housing one of the, the old flax mills um iron foundries printing um a little bit of everything really uh it has got five universities, which, again, I kind of lost count of. And apparently that means it's got the fourth largest student population in the UK. So I think that, again, is another reason why there's quite a vibrant kind of drinking and bar culture, isn't it, as well, like you say, quite a mix, really. Uh, and I, even, I, ironically, a lot of those are medical students. Say again, Bruce. Which, so there's Beckett and Leeds University. So what are the other three universities? Uh, there's Beckett, there's Leeds. Uh, I did write these down somewhere. Um, there's one. I think there's one like it's a University Arts Leeds as well. I think, um, and then I think a couple of colleges that have now got university status. So, but it's. I was amazed. It's the fourth largest student population in the UK, uh, which is you know, quite quite interesting, really. Uh, and it and it has got. I've written here. It's got a bit of everything, really. It's got an 11th century ruined abbey, hasn't it, down at uh, Kirkstall. Kirkstall, yeah. It's got a brewery link, not very close. It's got um, the Millennium Square, which is behind the kind of City Hall, which is a big open public space with a huge TV screen. Which is That's where they put the Christmas market each yeah. year, the look at the Christmas market there. And it's Golden Owls. It's got the Corn Exchange, which we'll mention today, which is a fantastic building. And then yeah. it's also got like the Royal Armouries Museum, which is all that new development by the Wharf, and the Dalek, which apparently is Leeds' biggest building now. Uh, and a new John Lewis. I've not been to the new John Lewis, but that's fairly central as well, isn't it? And massive. Yeah, it's very nice. Massive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and again, plenty of boozers around John Lewis. So again, you could leave leave family in, in, in the shop and, and you could find a, a crafty beer somewhere as well. So I think we're going to give it a good start. Go on, Bruce. So we're going to say it's a fantastic article in Yorkshire Live. Uh, still available on the website. All the lost pubs are leads. Um, and it's actually, when you read it, it's all about Mrs. Thatcher's beer orders. And of course, people did applaud it for the choice but ultimately Tetley's give up on some of those really famous pubs in Leeds like uh, the Market Tavern and the Whip and the Whip's now uh, a bar called uh, Mook Nightclub but I did go into the Whip about 30 years ago and it was a fantastic uh, you know dark wood brass pub and a great solid uh, feel to it um, and it was the last pub in the country that didn't allow women in uh, that was the case when I went Nason to have but um, it was actually also by volume, it was the uh, pub which sold the most Tetleys of any pub in the entire Tetley State. 25,000 pints a week on average of selling the whip. Astonishing. It was a great... I, 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 will, I think we'll talk about Tetleys a bit. I mean, I mean, personally, for me, Tetleys has probably was when it was in its heyday. I, that, that would be my choice of beer. Uh, yeah. I think a Tetleys... Um, pulled through the old system with the kind of the return trays and probably pulled three or four times. So it was almost emotion white when you when they put it on top of the bar counter, wasn't it? And it, it did taste like finest Yorkshire cream. 
Um, I believe that all three of us could go to you've got a promoter called the Blue uh, Blue Bell, Blue Ball, and uh, to see someone pulling the pints and it cascading over her hands and getting scooped back up. I mean, just extraordinary, wasn't it, was it really? I, I just nip and take Lou, love. I'll be back in a minute. Yeah. I'm going to top that up for you. It, it was almost like the Guinness Paula, wasn't it? When he went to a good Tetlis pub, it was almost the same thing that it took so long to pull a pint and let it settle that yeah. they would be pulling kind of three or four pints at a time and letting them settle. Um, but I, yeah, I remember those, uh, those, 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 uh, those huge troughs underneath the, the pumps collecting the beer and, re- and recycling it until I think it helped. Putting it back into the beer engine. engine. Yeah. Wash your hands. They just had a tea towel in between rounds, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. But talking lost pubs, Bruce, I was, I was reflecting on, um, we used to frequent the Market Tavern, which, uh, alas, is uh, probably under John Lewis, I would imagine these days, isn't it? it certainly. Well, the one wall of the Market Tavern is still there. It's from the old time, <laughs> isn't it, Nick? Yeah, I'm, I I can't I can't recall it, bro. So I certainly recall yeah. Market Tavern. One wall We've got of a couple it. of stories yeah. about there, but yeah, it was fairly close to the obviously Kirkgate Market and just kind of off the main shopping mm-hmm. centre. Uh, the reason yeah. why it sticks in my memory, Bruce, it was one of those. Me and you were in there one Saturday afternoon. Um, I think we'd only just we kind of been around and about, and then we popped in there. And it must have been about results time. So I think we said, oh, we'll go and sit in front of the telly and we'll watch the football results. And suddenly we were being shown pictures of uh, obviously Hillsborough. Uh, yeah, and obviously yeah. the infamous, you know, Liverpool uh, game, um, and I just remember the whole pub, which is it was a it was a good old rowdy market pub, wasn't it? it was. I just remember the whole pub just completely descending into absolute silence. Yeah. Um, and and at first there was one or two, you know, it's Liverpool we were scouts, and then just, that just stopped. And I think yeah. we suddenly dawned on people what 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 was happening. And I remember me and you sat there probably for an hour and a half just watching. I mean, again, it probably, I mean, it probably was colour TV in those days, but it, it was one of those big old tellies up on up on the wall. And that's that sticks my memory, that sitting in that pub watching. Yeah, watching me too. It was a bit of a it was an incredibly sober atmosphere with the reality mm. going what was happening on people. Because normally, I mean, it was known as the Madhouse, uh, was the, the whip apparently by the yeah. local leads. But it was a very different atmosphere that afternoon, you're quite right. And then I guess I think I think we also, uh, if I remember rightly, when we went back by the station, I think there were people obviously coming back via Sheffield, probably going back to Liverpool, because obviously I think you've got to go via Leeds to get across to Liverpool, that had been, you know, come up from Sheffield, you know, in the afternoon. Because it was quite, it happened quite well. It happened at the start of the game, didn't it? So by about half past five, those that were lucky enough to get out of the way were back on trains and, and trying to head home. So, uh, yeah, no. So I've just put up on the screen here that, I mean, it is, as we said, it's City of Beer. There are so many pubs there are so many trails that you can take there is heritage pub trails that you can follow uh the guardian did the 10 best craft pubs in leeds you can do uh there's the great leeds the whole book on the great leeds pub crawl uh and obviously we mentioned last week the uh infamous otley run which kind of starts off at the kind of university the university of leeds the kind of a slightly posher one and ends up heading towards uh what was uh, uh carnegie now it's beckett beckett's university isn't it up there as well uh, and again, a, a bit of a student thing there as well. So there is, I think, again, as I said somewhere else, there are, there are, uh, I think, pubs for everybody in Leeds. And again, a great resource as always. We've mentioned these before. The Leeds Camera Branch. They have their magazine called Full Measure, which again is a really good read. Uh, I, I, you know, quite like it actually. Got as normal updates on breweries and, bar, and bars, but actually some really good features in there as well. And there's one or two of those that I'll perhaps dip into as we go through as well so certainly if you've not been to Leeds for a while uh, if you certainly want to um, you know see lots of as Nick said a quite a variety of pubs we've mentioned now that there are 22 plus pubs 
um, kind of working out at Leeds. And in fact, they're even breweries. more. If you kind of brew, so breweries, and if you go, you know, a little bit wider, there's there's I think there's sixty odd, um, you know, in the kind of in like West Yorkshire area, which is is fairly phenomenal, really, as well. So to try and make sense of it, what I what we've kind of done is, um, again, as always, kind of using the probably the station as your kind of fulcrum, I've kind of thought about just doing it in quarters. And I think Leeds does have some quarters and I don't think it's quite as many as I've got here, but uh, we thought about kind of doing it in, and I guess you could do this in chunks. So you could probably do, come and do a quarter um, and have four or five decent pints in decent pubs. Or if you were really manic like us, you you could do the whole lot in, I guess, a long day. Um, If you kind of started up at about half 10, you could probably get around to about eight o'clock at night. So we're kind of going to go around Leeds in a little bit of a kind of a uh, circle uh, with the going back to the station at one point. Uh, And I've also tried to maybe try and just fit in some of the kind of the great sites of Leeds as well. As we said, we always like to try and combine a bit of heritage and a bit of culture uh, as long as as well as some very fine drinking. Um, And I think, Again, last week, our kind of pub, our kind of must-go was the uh, original uh, buffet bar at Staley Bridge. I think the one in Leeds, I think, you would we all say you've got to go, if you're, going to, if you're in Leeds, you've got to go to White Locks. I think, you know, you've, maybe not quite, I don't know, maybe not quite as as fantastic plays that it used to be. And we've talked about in prepositions, the, the little ladies that used to do a fantastic luncheon at the top of the pub. But it is a, a classic example of a pub which... Uh, again, you don't find very often elsewhere. Now, perhaps only in London you might find these pubs, do you think? Yeah, I think, once again, it's, it's, a bit of a victim. it's a victim of its own success. It has featured in a number of different articles and read-ups and write-ups that the last couple of times I've tried to go there, it's been absolutely rammed. Yeah. And it's been rammed with a different sort of a clientele, maybe not your, your, your what you would call your locals. Okay, we're not local locals, but we appreciate going in a pub where you've got local people in there just, you know, part of the community, whereas the last couple of times I've been there, it's just been round with shoppers who, mm. let's say, five, ten years ago would never have been, you know, ever considered going to a pub like that, as it were, that you could class as being traditional, a bit more working class. Um, so, as I say, the last couple of times I've been, I've actually moved along the street a bit and gone down the other little ways to the, to the Angel and to the ship. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, White Locks was, was a place where, where we always used to go. I think at that, I mean, it's, it's a pub that still makes you go wild when you walk in that door, and, and we've got a picture there of uh, which kind of capped a little bit. The uh, it's got this 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 unbelievable brass um, copper copper, copper or brass, yeah, the, copper the That's it's ceramic bar as well. You don't yeah. tend to realise that the bar underneath is the ceramic. Um, it's not a full ceramic bar, but um, yeah, ceramic bar beneath tile, ceramic tiles, and the, the the copper top on the on the bar. And as Nick suggested, it's literally off Brigade, which is kind of the biggest, it's like a pedestrianised uh, high street, isn't it, in Leeds, with all the big shops either side of you. Um, and you kind of step down this little alleyway. Uh, again, it's one of those that you often miss because you kind of walk past it two or three, even even we, sometimes I sometimes forget exactly where it was. Um, and you st- I think somebody said it's like stepping like 150 years back, isn't it, when you step off that busy main street and then you're into this little alleyway, which I kind of passage for, as I call them then. I've got a picture of Nick there. He's just venturing down the, the first bit of the alleyway. And then it broadens out and it's got quite a nice seating area. So I'm assuming that when when the 12th of April and the green light, that they'll be able to reopen. Um, but I think it's one of those pubs that combines a fantastic heritage interior wow factor with, with always good beer. 
And I think that's one of the things that always sticks out in my mind. What, what a great place. Secular people, which is a good thing. It's good that shoppers are going really, Nick. You know, it's good they're visiting to these places and putting some. But it's where they're taking all the shopping bags in Brooks and you can't get to the bar because you're tripping over carrier bags and <laughs> shopping bags and Louis Vuitton bags and it's not, Ralph Lauren shoulder bags. You're and, shoppers there, aren't you? <laughs> you know, and it's not that big a pub actually, is it? It's one of those kind of quite. I mean, the picture there shows you, it's quite narrow. And there's only yeah. one one set of tables, quite a long and narrow pub. There is an upstairs, isn't there? Which always those stairs are like climbing the Eiger, aren't they? Yeah. Um, very very much like a, a London pub, where you know if you want to go to the toilet in a London pub, it's often either upstairs or downstairs. Yeah. And as you say, the staircases are very narrow and very steep. Well, as Nick said, actually within about um, five minutes from the White Locks, you've got the ship, you've got the Turk's Head, which is around the back of White Locks, you've got the Angel, and they're all quite similar pubs, aren't they? Down these alleyways off the main street, very yeah. similar with a seating area outside. So, but no, I, I think we would definitely recommend if you're in Leeds and you've only got a short time, uh, get to White Locks. It's probably about what, 10 minutes from the station, railway station? Yeah, if you know which direction you're going yeah. in. Yeah. Well, head to Harvey Nicks. If you get to Harvey Nicks, um, yeah. And then ask yeah. ask one of the street wardens. Well, it's, or... it's actually it's actually nearest to Max Spencer's. Max Spencer's main door and bridge gate. You have to look up, look for the sign uh, at the end of the alleyway because you won't see a pub frontage. So if you look out for the sign, you'll see the sign up in up in the up in the air, just just up from yeah. Max and Spencer's. Okay, we'll just do a quick roundup then before we kind of get into the meet and lead. So as always, we do a little bit of a catch-up from last week. And obviously, Bruce, unfortunately, couldn't, as he spent most of last Thursday in York A&E with, with the sun and air. Uh, who, who sound, he's back on his feet again, Bruce, but he's uh, another week. Well, he's got a week off school because he's, he's self-isolated, aren't you? <laughs> but he's okay. He's back. He's, he's fine. He's fine. It's silly so game. Good. Silly game football. She'll play with the oval ball. You never get hurt that yeah. much. <laughs> So we might just catch, get catch, get Bruce just to throw in any thoughts that he had. I know he's listened to the cast that we did last week. A uh, couple of just quick things from most. Nick, you invented a new beer last week. Do you, do you remember that? Quite. I'm actually going to pay my penance now. Yeah, I, I referred to Fuller's and their main beer being the Landlord, yeah. which obviously I was getting mixed up with Timothy <laughs> Taylor. So in penance this week, I have my... London Pride glass. Oh, very good. And my bottle of London Pride. I've actually ventured away from drinking Yorkshire. Oh. But that's to say sorry to Fuller's because I uh, I call their premier beer landlord rather than London Pride. I would say London Pride in my top five bottle beers. And to be honest with you, I actually prefer it out the bottom and yeah. off the pump. Me yeah. being a Yorkshire lad wanting a head on my beer, yeah. I can give yeah. it a little bit of a head in here. Whereas down in London, you obviously Very always flat. drink it a little bit, uh, a little bit flat, as it were. So, and, on the London Pride. And again, we're going to cover London in a couple of weeks' time. But again, uh, Fuller's have, have they, haven't they been bought out recently? Fuller's, Asahi, Japanese. Oh, Asahi, yeah, yeah. Which again is another another theme that we come across each week, isn't it? But I think up to now, it's been a fairly harmonious um, partnership, hasn't there? Yeah. Asahi are, as I understand, very good at keeping the traditional, you know, sticking with what they know works for yes. um, these, these kind of brews. Well, Nick, you've upset me because I've gone really Yorkshire this week because every week you kind of drink Yorkshire. Yep. So I'm I'm going Yorkshire this week. And as we're in Leeds, uh, I've got a Ridgeside, which is one of the, uh, I think about 10 years old now, brewery in Leeds. And I'm on their company bitter, which they say is their Yorkshire bitter. So I'm going to stay Yorkshire this week and have a bit of beer. Is it worth asking Bruce whether he's got any beer in his hand tonight? Yeah, I've now uh, just can't face it, so I've given it up for Lent now. So, uh, <laughs> That's you know, handy. Um, Victor again, Lucas Aid. Uh, what you want, Bruce? Dandelion and Burdock. 
I've been sent upstairs to shut up, so I've got nothing to hand at the minute, I'm afraid. Yeah. Oh, do you? I'm hoping Rabble. to uh, be back, uh, try again before April, before April the 12th. So you used, to, you used to quite like the bars pineapple aid, didn't you, Bruce? Mm, yeah, delicious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, my uh, my Yorkshire bit is looking very fine, so I'll, I'll drink it for you, Bruce, as well. Uh, and then my little faux pas was I kept getting mixed up between the Calder and the Colne Valley line last week. So, again, the Huddersfield line, as it's called, it follows the Colne Valley, Valley, which goes from Marsden towards uh, Huddersfield, which is where the real air trail is. We did mention actually the Calder Valley line, which is the none, it's a bit further north. It still goes Manchester to Huddersfield, but it goes via Rochdale and Hebden Bridge and Sowerby Bridge, which again, I know you guys have talked about, you've been on the lap line a few times because you can split at Todmorden and go up to uh, Preston and uh, Lancaster, Blackpool, etc. So that was my little thought. So I think we that's it, Nick. Tend, you tend, to, tend to go that way if we've got the Northern Rail tickets because you can't use them on Transpennine, which is the main route to get across the Pennine. So if you use the Northern Rail ticket deals, then that's the line that we often use. Yeah, I've got one other little correction. Referred to Bateman's Pub in York as being the coach and horses. Bruce, you can correct me. It's actually called the... Rose and Crown, yeah. Right, no, the Wagon and Gaskell, wagon, isn't it? Wagon and Horses. Wagon and Horses, that's it. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's Rose and Crown's next door, yes. yes. It is, yeah. So, once again, bottom of Hull Road in York, uh, the Bateman's Pub is a Wagon and Horses. Yeah, we've been in there, because it is across the yeah, yeah. Rook and yeah. Gaskell, isn't it? That's right, yeah. yeah. Little, mini, little mini pub crawl there. You can you can do Rook and Gaskell, Rose and Crown, Coach and Horses, cross the road, and within five minutes you're at the Phoenix, aren't you, bro? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then there's also around uh, around the corner of the Sam Smith pub as well, bro. So what's that cost? Seahorse. Come on, we're going to go back to York. So don't yeah, count. Okay. We're going to save that and, and get on to York. Um, beery highlights. Well, unfortunately, my beery highlight last week kind of fell a bit flat because, um, unfortunately, the Hot Fuzz Brewery, which I was going to do the beer tasting with that night, they had to email us on Friday afternoon to say they had a power cut. And whilst they had Wi-Fi, they had no light, so they, we couldn't see them in the brewery. So, unfortunately, uh, my beer tasting has been put back till March. So, I have kept the beers in the fridge, so hopefully we'll come back to that as well. Um, and I think you were mentioning about big bottles and big cans. Um, uh, one of my mates, Simon, was, was he was going to do it as well. So, I'd actually given him a beer a couple of days before that I said we'd try. Uh, we've both um, equity put, we both bought into the brew dog stuff, uh, and that case i got had um krampus one of their kind of overworked spears which was i think i did tell you what this was one it? it was cinnamon it was cognac aged sour with cinnamon um uh well i mean star anise um and it was certainly different nine percent and because like it was a big marinade 500 milliliter bottle it i've got to say it took a bit of drink we, we both said that for the first five six sips it was really interesting and then the sourness began to hit you and i've got to say i think i ended up having a jai poor to take take the taste off because uh, but that you said that's the problem with having those big cans and those big bottles it is sometimes a bit hard i think they're definitely sharing i think if you, you know if you've got a few of you around to mm. share those i think it's probably the, the plan there as well um i did tell you i would also mention i mentioned this last week uh and again some of you'll hear you'll know that i've said that i've been um, uh, kind of doing the virtual beer school with uh, Natalia and beer with Nat and she was in touch with me this week to say that she is going to do another new uh, course which will start on April the 8th uh, they run every week for 12 weeks so uh, it will end towards the end of June um, to get on the live sessions which is a live session on a Thursday evening 
Uh, it's normally about a couple of hours long, and then there's a chance then to chat and to talk to each other as well. Uh, the price for that is either £25 a month or £75 for the whole course. Or the bargain one, which I'm doing, which is great, is that I uh, Natalia sends me the recordings on, I think, a Sunday. Um, you still get all of the reading. You still get all the links to the, the other videos that are available as well. Um, and that is, a, that is a bargain, £30. So really would recommend that. We've been looking at serving styles this week, all the different ways that you can serve beer and a little, a little bit of technical stuff as well. Uh, and again, this does prepare you for, if you wanted to, the first level Cicerone beer sommelier course as well. So well worth doing it. Again, if uh, I know people probably are coming out of working from home and furlough, et cetera, hopefully over the next few weeks. But again, certainly for me, it's been something just to tick me over. Um on a weekend when I've been stuck in. So I would recommend that uh, definitely. If you look for discoveringbeer.co.uk, you'll find the link to be able to sign up for that. Uh, and being you, so again, we've all kind of shared a few things around really. Um, I think we've talked a little bit, haven't we, the, the uh, morning advertiser, which is obviously the, the trade uh, paper for the pubs and, and licensing trade. Uh, they, they are suggesting that in April only probably what two thirds of pubs are going to reopen if, if, and that's that's a rough estimate I and mean, I know Nick you were looking into this and I think you've discussed how it's I mean same with your place really weighing up the the cost of opening with what your potential income might be yeah because once once you're open and your customers are relying on you be consistently open you've got to take into account that you need staff on and your staff really is your most expensive cost to be honest with you unless you're in a premises that, you know, there's a high rent or rates on there that possibly landlords have been a little bit more lenient at the moment. But once you're uh, intimating that you're back to full-time uh, operating, then, you know, I should imagine the landlords and everybody else will want their five five pennies with a silver, what do you want to call it? So, yeah, it's, it's your staff costs. So once you do open, you need to make sure that you are getting people through the doors. And it's, it's still a great unknown. Yeah. You know, there will be some people desperate to get out and about again, but there may still be very much a significant part of the population who weren't going to venture out until back end of the year, you know, until they know it's completely, yeah, yeah. absolutely 100% safe. Yeah. It's interesting because I will also just say that um, Pubs, Pints and People, which is a, another very good podcast out there, that's the camera podcast. And it is quite, they're into a series three now. And in fact, they were talking this week and they were chatting to the guy, a guy from the Fine Ales Brewery and also a, a landlord from uh, the Orange Tree in Baldrock down south. Um, and, of course, they're also saying the other challenge, the government comes up with these dates, but obviously for breweries and for, for publicans, you've got to plan ahead slightly, you know. You can't just order beer on the Friday and it turns up on the Saturday and it's drinking. They've got to buy the beer in a couple of weeks before, you know, condition it, get it in the cellar. And then if all of a sudden they get things get pulled, and I think they were reflecting, obviously a lot of pubs did that, for you know Christmas and for the coming out of second lockdown and we're all prepared and, and had bought food and had bought you know supplies and everything else. and then of course last minute the government just changed its mind and I think like you're saying it I think people are quite wary about not just whether people will flock back to the pubs but again if this government will u-turn you know after making that decision or announcement and then u-turn as well so I think it, again it's uh, Bruce obviously you've got the fox at the bottom of your street and they've got a, quite a substantial beer garden um, they seem to do quite well in the summer. Are they planning to open or I it's too early yeah, to know, is it? Of course, it's uh, run by Osset Brewery, massive expanding company. And it's uh, because they've got the pub and the huge marquee and outside seating, they've got the volume to open. Uh, so they're opening. But I do know uh, somebody in York who owns a couple of uh, cafe bars that sort of does coffee and real ale. And he said, until things have bedded in, they're just going to 
sell bottled and craft beer cans because uh, he's thrown so much real ale away. Yeah. He really wants to support some of these small breweries, the micro breweries. There's about eight taps on normally, um, but he said he just can't afford it anymore. So he's got to craft beer bottle, which is a shame, really. Yeah. I think the other problem, certainly for landlords and, and, and publicans in, in York, is, is the uh, demand on, on, or not demand. It's the reliance on the foreign trade, the foreign tourists. Obviously, York is a massive, massive um, hotspot for foreign tourists. And there's the, whilst we're being told domestically, you know, we've got the the, the reopening date, what's going to happen as far as people come to the country concerned? So I can certainly understand a lot of business owners in York still not knowing quite where, where their business is going to go, simply because you're going to miss out on a massive, massive um, amount of, of foreign tourists up until... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who knows when? Well, it's interesting because I noticed about Leeds. Leeds apparently the eighth most visited city in, in England, uh, and I, I guess yeah. York would be above that because. Yeah. And I guess you could do both similarly. And um, that article actually on on the advertiser actually it talks about maybe a almost a well they call it a class distinction as you said urban boozers that don't really have those that as you said before lots of outdoor space are going to find it more difficult. Those pubs out in the villages, out in the sticks, out in the suburbs, oh, yeah. uh, which often do have pub gardens, and obviously people, you know, living just down the road, they're probably going to be great. They can, I mean, again, the guy that was on the pub, uh, the pub pints and people podcast, he was saying his 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 takings over last summer, twenty twenty, were better than any previous summer um, yeah. because he went for it, as you say, but he put a marquee up, he got music in there, he he actually extended his his cask range, he was able to put a couple more beers in the in the market he said amazingly he he was actually up which is kind of interesting isn't it, really as well um i've also just put in there about a pubs matter um obviously camera and many of the local district cameras uh, were running the pubs matter campaign up until the budget quick bit on the budget again it's funny really it depends which which kind of either uh, brewery news or pub news that you read i think obviously the business rate uh, extension was welcomed by many people and that would probably help out quite a few. Obviously, the VAT, yeah. the 5% VAT, I think, will be a big help, won't it? I think that's yeah. till October, isn't it? And then they gradually phase it in over Christmas back up again. Uh, obviously, beer duty was frozen, but I don't think that really affects the pubs too much. The brewers might be a little bit happy with that. Um, I thought what was interesting, that £150 million to support community ownership funding which yeah, we've talked be- about, which might be, I mean, we talked about the polar bear, didn't we, in Hull, that's having yeah. a currently having a middle of a, a community buyout. So that might be quite useful to, to save some of these pubs that we've talked about as well. But uh, it felt a bit of a mixed feeling, really, about hospitality. Not not a great deal to kind of cheer about. Yeah, we, we talked about last week about the beer duty, about, you know, bringing the, 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 the what the brewers have to pay or the landlords, the pubs have to pay compared to the supermarkets. And even with the statement made by the Chancellor that they were looking at it, that hasn't happened now. I'm not sure in terms of politics, but I don't know that they can just suddenly change that. It'll have to wait for the next budget, will it? Unless they can make a decision on that. Yeah, and I'm guessing supermarkets are quite powerful beasts, aren't they? And I guess how many... um... MPs in the in the deep pockets to support them. So I wonder where that because that was about the only thing that was leaked that wasn't that didn't actually happen, isn't it? Because I mean, most of the yeah. budget we knew about on papers on Saturday and Sunday, didn't we? Um, not much change. <laughs> Quick one in there about um, St Peter's Brewery. Again, it's another theme. I think every week we talk about a brewery being uh, bought out, and the St Peter's Brewery down in Suffolk, uh, they have been bought by a group of private investors. Um, the uh, John Murphy, the founder there, I think he's been uh, doing it for 20 years and quite rightly decided he wants to kind of uh, retire. Um, 
always recognise those very strange. Although I think they've changed them recently, but they're very strange bottles, don't they? Those St. Peter's yeah, bottles, like medicine um, bottles, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. almost kind of like flasks, kind of yeah, Napoleon brandy kind of bottles, very old. Um, it was um, based on a on a, a, a gin bottle in America when I looked into it because that the guy behind the, the brewery he. He, he has got the claim to fame that he was a first branding guru back in the 1980s. He, he had a company called, I think it was something like Interbrand. And he said that the, the, one of the things about his branding was to, to make the bottle distinctive, to make it iconic, which yeah. is why he always went for that. I mean, his bottle must have costed, has cost a far more than his competitors who were all yeah. using the same yeah. basic 483 or 500 yeah. milliliter beer yeah. bottle. And yet his were always very distinctive on the shelves. I, I tried, you know, I tried his beer quite a few times and it, it was always good. And I think the other thing that he, he tapped into early doors as well was, I seem to recall, organic beer as well. Yeah. He went down the yeah, environmental right. route. Yeah. And yeah. I think, you know, recalling when I used to go to the supermarkets, um, his was one of the first beers that was advertised or identified as being organic and being caring to the environment and things like that. So, yeah, yeah I- we, hope, we hope he enjoys his retirement. He's... Uh, is 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 you know he's, he's made his mark in, in the world of, of beer and brewing and, and and fair play to him. And I think I understand the, the investor group that's bought them out. I've got a few people who've got brewer, brewer heritage yeah. in their kind of you know background. Um, yeah, no, it's a quite an eclectic. Actually, I quite look back at their beer range, and they're again in one of these breweries that have a very core range, like you said, the, the bitter and the organic bitter that they have. But they have been brewing some quite interesting, you know almost crafty style beers. I remember it because I remember the first time I drank St. Peter's because we didn't get it, certainly in Yorkshire, uh, was when I went on honeymoon and we went to Jersey on honeymoon um, and went in the first bar it went to and all they sold in Jersey was John Smith's Bitter and Theakston's Bitter. And I said, well, I've come all the blooming way <laughs> to Jersey and, and all I can drink is blooming John Smith's Smooth. So I ain't drinking that. And they said, oh, well, we've got St. Peter's and one or two pubs had it on draft. More had it in those bottles, and that's the first time I came across it. And it was it. I was I, I actually thought it was a Jersey Guernsey Channel Island beer because obviously St. Mm. Peter's is, is it yeah. uh, Guernsey. And I was it was quite a while before I realized actually it's brewed in Suffolk. Uh, I didn't know that far from Adams, I think just down the road from Adams. So that's yeah, Bungie. yeah. Bungie. Uh, and then the uh, I mean, the other one we all I think we've all had our what's brewing this week, uh, the penultimate uh, paper edition. I think the April one is the last paper edition of Cameras What's What's Brewing. I understand there's going to be a little bit of a compromise in that they're going to put a eight-page one into the beer magazine, and that comes out quarterly, doesn't it? But it was quite interesting because, again, I think they must have listened to our podcast. Um, in the letters page there, there was a, um, a couple of letters about bass, um, somebody writing in that they did recently bought a bottle of bass from the supermarket and were horrified to see that bass now includes maize and hop extract. Uh, mm-hmm. And how terrible, which is a little bit sad, isn't it? And actually, what they were yeah. suggesting was whether there um, we should maybe have that kind of a bit like the um, bit like Cornish pasties and Stilton cheese, you know, that kind of uh, whatever it's called location. It probably was an EU thing, wasn't it? That I don't protected status, sorry. Um, and perhaps beers like Bash, you, you should only be able to make them very similar to the for the wings. And then there was also a lot of other letters, which again I stuck a chord with us about the demise of Doombar saying actually when you first, and I can remember this, when you first bought Doombar many years ago, when it first, when the that uh, the brewery first developed in rock, it was a great pint. And again, for whatever reason, it just got cheaper, mass market. And now the beer is a very shallow imitation about what the, you know, it first was. And that's something else I think we've been talking about. And I think, you know, for example, putting maize into beer, as I have my beer cost now, it's just, uh, it just cheapens the, your ingredients, just make it cheaper to, to do. 
Um, well, it held the title of, I think, at least, was it last year, two years, that it was the the, the country's favourite guest beer. Doombar. Uh, uh, as, as I said, you know, Timothy Taylor's landlord was like that 10 years ago. Anywhere you went and they advertised you had guest beer or real ale on. Mm. Um, nine times out of 10, you walks in there, you see the landlord in the bar. Now, I think Doombar has overtaken every other one and it was it was identified as being the, the, the nation's um, favourite guest beer, Doombar. Which I guess ties it quite nicely with the story of Leeds and the story of Tetley's. And, you know, another once great beer, as I said, it's probably my, would have been my choice of beer certainly 20 years ago. Great beer. Um, you know, I, I mean, a huge following, wasn't it? Certainly in our neck of the woods in Yorkshire. Yeah. It was, you know, it was huge. Uh, and again, just it was interesting, just a little bit of research this week. And uh, again, I mentioned that the camera branch in Leeds were fantastic. Uh, their magazine called Full Measure and in issue 144, which are all available on their website. You can download the back copies. Uh, a nice little story here about uh, Tetley's. Uh, again, it's a similar story, isn't it? They were bought out by uh, Carlsberg and um, they then moved Tetley's production to Wolverhampton and now it's really been pretty much phased out. But there's a little bit of resurgence in that uh, Tetley or a Tetley beer is now brewed back in Leeds in that uh, Leeds Brewery, I think for a, a bit now, I think it started last year, are now brewing something called Tetley's Number no. 3 Pale Ale, which they do suggest is uh, inspired by the original recipe, uh, first brewed in 1868. Um, and they kind of looked into the beer record of the archive to do that as well. Um, but again, I, I, I've missed a bit off there. Um, I think their, their response from the Leeds camera branch was it doesn't taste uh, like old Tetley's used to. Uh, and apparently Carlsberg approached Leeds to brew Tetley's. So um, it's interesting. Maybe, you know, we, we mentioned that before. I think some of these big brewers are getting a little bit catch on that, you know, actually people do want a bit of heritage. People do want, you know, these old traditional names, don't they? I know that we've talked about the, the kind of the Watney's Red, and it's where somebody's bought that name, haven't they? And it's not the same beer, but they're, they're using the name to kind of reproduce there. So uh, well, I think they've also, they've also realised they can't carry on just mass producing the same old crap. There are so many other independent breweries out there with the craft beer and all that sort of stuff. Certainly the potential market has increased. Yeah. And what all these, all these smaller breweries are doing, it's artisan beer different flavors yeah. and so yeah. the big ones the, the big breweries have probably realized you know that the sales have been going down and it's not you know they can't replace those sales of beer with lager because lagers had its peak because a lot of lager drinkers are now being diverted or being weaned on to drinking beer because yeah, and, simply and... it's not thick brown dark stuff anymore you know it's like lager but with actual taste a lot of the the lighter craft beers with flavors so I think the big breweries or, you know, the mega breweries have probably realised, hang on, yeah, we're, we're losing business now. And I also think podcasts like this and, you know, internet and people who are interested in their beers, I think big brewers can't get away with trying to con us anymore, can they? It's, you know, telling us that it's still Yorkshire's finest beer when it's brewed in Wolverhampton. I think people are canny to that now. And we mentioned that about, you know, the supermarkets trying to fob off us with makeup farms to say that their, their produce is farm produced. Uh, and I think that's that's true, isn't it? That I think they, they have to kind of, come back a bit and, and and go back with with kind of where we are so again just to quickly mention we mentioned that Ralph's some fantastic um uh, architecture uh you can still get a bit of tetley's heritage can't you because the tetley now is now a very nice um art gallery and event yeah. space which i think was the, that's the headquarters that kind of tetley's was wasn't it that's where their kind of main bit of the leeds brewery was wasn't it where the tetley's yeah. now um, the brewery, the brewery's been knocked down. It was just completely flattened, but they have they have saved some of it alongside the 
It's either alongside the canal. It's or the quite, I guess, an Art, yeah. an art Deco building. Is it the Tetley's headquarters or the Tetley as it is now? It's quite an Art yeah. Deco kind of building. So I guess it was built in the nineteen thirties or forties. Uh, we will we'll come back to Kirkgate Market. The uh, again, another fantastic building, actually close to, I think in between probably the Tetley and the market is the Corn Exchange, which again is a fantastic rotunda building where all the old corn merchants would come in and, and uh, uh, buy and sell the corn that came in from all the farms. Again, from the Wold we mentioned uh, last week, leaves off in the place for that as well. Uh, that's become, again, quite a uh, bohemian, shall we say, a collection of cafes and shops and quite a, quite a diverse range. Uh, just a nice space. Boutiques and crafts yeah. people. I think there was independent a, shops. There, yeah. there's, a, there's a bottle shop in there as well. Oh, I think yeah, that's, bottle shop. yeah. Yeah. There's a nice fella. And then, as I think you were on about this last week, Nick, you know, the Victorian um, entrepreneurs, the, the kind of the mill owners, et cetera, um, were very proud of showing that off. And so the town halls and the civic squares and, and Leeds certainly has got a phenomenal uh, town. I think they, call it, they still call it the town hall, don't they, Leeds? But it's yeah, city hall now, yeah. uh, which is a fantastic, again, one of those, you know, in, uh, imperial Victorian buildings. Uh, but no, Leeds Market, again, it's probably, if, you, if you're going to Whitelocks, it is really worth just popping into, which I think I understand is the biggest uh, indoor market in Europe now, the Leeds Market, Leeds City Market, or Kirkgate Market. It should have a well, they've got de- decent outdoors as well on certain days. It's, it's as big outside as it is inside. It's, it's a proper market still. And I know the last time I've been, I think it's been I mean, a bit of a refurb, hasn't it, as well? Quite a bit of money spent on it. Yeah, it's spent a lot of money on it, yeah. It. But it's still got it's it's got a butcher's row, hasn't it, where all the butchers stand out. And if you, again, if you the best time to go is about five o'clock on a, on an afternoon when all the butchers come out of their doors and shout, uh, you know, what's left and try and flog what's left. The mar- butchers the fish, on one side, fresh fish on the other side. Yeah, the fish market is pretty phenomenal, isn't it? A proper, you know, again, uh, the range of fish they sell there and uh, lots of other delights as well. Um, so has moved now, Michael. Actually, the butchers row has moved from the right hand side of the market if you look at it from mm. the bottom to the left hand side uh it's uh i think we say there were about i think about 20 butchers there at one point weren't they um, yeah yeah uh, some have gone by the wayside so they've kind of moved to the side there's a new butchers are on a fish pit so it's, it's still worth a visit though and actually part of the market now has become a, a center for street food and uh, yeah not so many bars not many bars in there though is there's not much beer in there is there um and no, I don't think there is a bottle no. shop. I wonder it. whether I wonder whether that's a kind of under licensing issues about it because issue, I know, yeah. But I think they are trying hard to get it um, to get that moved out there because uh, a lot of interesting people. I know Leeds Brewery a few years ago were really keen to set up a really nice yeah. place. Yeah, it'd be a great place to be. Yeah. Well, down uh, well, down at the bottom of one side, they actually use that for tea dances, and they have nineteen forties things as well. Yeah. So they've left part of it empty which which would suit a little little yeah. uh, bit like uh, the well, Andale Centre we mentioned Manchester, the Andale last week didn't we which is a great place yeah. to have beer as well yeah which, so when yeah. they've got tea dots going on or 1940s right, no, it's, uh, it's the only place you can um, one of only two places in the country that's a shop that exclusively just sells tripe tripe and a little bit of black pudding and some eggs, and that's it. Tripe black pudding eggs, and that makes a business. That's amazing, isn't it? But then you've also got, because Leeds has got a, quite a big West Car- uh, Caribbean uh, culture, hasn't it? So you've yeah. got also, you've got a lot of uh, Caribbean uh, greengrocers and butchers. Uh, and then again, it's got, a, a, again, obviously a big Asian population. So there's a lot of Asian yeah. uh, spice shops. And I know certainly some of the street food, there's some fantastic uh, Asian street food shops as well. It's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Now, come on then, Bruce. Why, why is Leeds indoor market so famous in terms of that development of the high street 
because it was the founding stall of Max and Spencer's empire. Max Spencer's penny bazaar was set up there, yes. When, 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 when was it set up, Michael? What year? Uh, it's got to be 18... Eight, I, I probably should have write this down, actually. Um, I'll have to go and check out Wikipedia. <laughs> um, I don't know. It was certainly the 1800s, wasn't it? And, it, and you said it was the Penny Bazaar, wasn't it? And it, I think, was one of the first market guys that just kind of understood the new market, working class people with money in their pockets and wanting, wanting to uh, treat themselves, I guess, on their you know their Saturday afternoon. And it was, uh, like I said, a penny. And a whole. I think the, the difference was a whole range of things you could buy. Um, you know, you could buy kitchenware, but equally you could buy... Um, uh, napkins, doilies, handkerchiefs, socks, um, and obviously became Marks and Spencer's. And we just thought we'd kind of just dwell on this. We've talked a little bit about supermarket beers, and um, I think Marks and Spencer's, we must kind of, you know, congratulate them. They do a fantastic, um, uh, brand, what do they call it, own brand, don't they? But they are, you know, they're, whereas most supermarkets try and hide, and again, as we just said, try and con you, um, uh, give Marks and Spencer's their due. They are very clear. They tell you who's brewed the beer. And very often the name of the brewer is that, you know, they do the Yorkshire Girl, which is a black sheep beer. Um, and it clearly states that on the uh, on the label. Uh, I know Adnams do quite a few beers for them as well. So, and again, a, a really interesting range and, and quite cheap as well. You know, you're getting a good beer, aren't you, for um, less than two pounds mainly. Uh, and yeah, it's and- a cam- county regional beer ranges with different sorts, Suffolk IPA, Yorkshire Bitter, uh, Irish Stout or, yeah. The different different beers that are associated with different areas of the UK. That's what they sort of identified and got the regional brewers to traditional brewers to produce the uh, produce the beer. And then it's amazing. So we've got Marks and Spencer's in Leeds. We've also got Morrison's again, which uh, developed in Bradford or first set a very similar story actually. A market a market stall that became grew into Morrison's and. Uh, I mean, Morrison's were used to be quite a regionalised firm, but now I think uh, they bought out. Did they bought out Safeway? Safeway's Morrison's Safeway's out, yeah. Yeah, and they've and they've got a national. I guess funny they, they haven't. Some areas you find Morrison's, and some areas you don't find any Morrison's. So, but they we've mentioned they have a fantastic beer range. And Nick, you were saying that actually one of the Morrison's in Leeds uh, is being a bit of a pilot and actually served draft beer. It was two years ago they introduced it at Christmas with the uh, tagline that husband and wife can go shopping and get the shopping at Morrison's and husband can sit and have a pint. So I can just imagine a, one of the, the, one of the Morrison's girls there in uniform actually stood behind little bar uh, with a, with a draft beer available to, to buy it. Voltaire beer they were serving, wasn't it? It's just come back to me now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I think as far as I knew it, I think it's still there. It's just, it's just one store that still, you, you can go up and you can obviously take in your growl or whatever and, and fill yourself up with some draft beer, which um, and Morrison's, I think are, are thinking about, pushing it out i mean whether that's i don't know I, well i did notice that again in the budget what was it we're drinking a hell of a lot more than we did last year and the, the, the oh, government's yeah. had a bit of a windfall haven't they from everybody drinking at home which uh, well the nice thing about the nice thing about morrison's he's still family owned uh ken morrison yeah. i think is retired now but he's a typical yorkshireman ken morrison sound yeah. sound 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 blow we established and, and, and created his business and uh you know the, the ethics and, and 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 the way they go about things it's why not have draft beer? You've, uh, you've, got got to say, York, you've got all these Yorkshire breweries there. Why yeah. not? Why not work with them? I and mean, they've always promoted uh, English Yorkshire beef uh, farmers, things like that as well. So, yeah, I mean, I'm very happy. Morris and, and a great, the I mean, a great we've got in town. A and, great, uh, drink, a great drink range. Anyway, yeah. I mean, beers are great, but obviously the wines and spirits is a fantastic range. And often, obviously, I mean, I you know, I'm into my whiskey. And some of the whiskeys they sell, you you probably wouldn't. You you probably couldn't buy them outside of Scotland. 
Um, and then obviously Castleford, which is kind of the next kind of town east from Leeds, uh, that's where Asda developed um, before they got bought out by the Americans. But uh, the the original, again, similar story. It was a small town. I think the I think Asda was the first ever supermarket I read um, in Queens in Castleford. It was the first time they actually built back in the 1960s, you know, a proper kind of supermarket and like that as well. Well, they um, were... Well, they were cooperative, weren't they? Isn't it something? It was a group of farmers. Yeah, farmers I'm sure that's what funded it when it started. Yeah. Isn't that what ASDA stands for? It's it's associated. it's. Not what the S stands for. Dairy Association, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 And then, of course, it mentioned Booze, which is not Yorkshire, but uh, not not a million miles away, just over the, in the Red Rose County. Uh, again, that is still quite a regionalised. Um, I think Nutsford is probably the furthest south they go, and I think maybe one in North Wales somewhere. Uh, but again, they're fantastic. Again, as you said, then it's family firm, uh, very much promoting local produce and local beers. Um, and again, normally a fantastic stock of beers in there as well. But again, I think it's worth mentioning that even, you know, even quite a few podcasts have picked this up as well. Even like Nisa Local, they seem to have had a really big push on putting some fantastic beer ranges in there, those local stores. Um, again, I guess people at home, um, and it's amazing what you can pick up in those stores as well now. So, um, you know, unfortunately, we've all had to kind of rely on the supermarkets to, to buy our beer for the last, uh, last few weeks. Um, I thought it's one of those really, you know, I do try and get to, I mean, I probably have a, a brewery delivery, I don't know, perhaps once a month, but in between that, it is kind of going and getting and some decent beers. I mean, last two weeks, I've, I've had proper job from Sainsbury's, I've had tribute from Sainsbury's, I've had um again some craft beers so you know it, and i guess ultimately they do good deals don't they you can't really beat the deals that they do which she's pretty well, good. I'm, I'm just going to crack my second one now mike we talked about mild last week so my second beer tonight is we talked about rudgate mm. and this is the one that they won a lot of awards with this is their ruby mild so it's a stronger one for a mild it's a four point uh four point four uh but we're going to go at that one next so that's the Rudgate Ruby Mild. They do some cracking deals as well for home delivery, don't they? Uh, mixed boxes, Rudgate, and now they're brewing some gin as well, aren't they? Some Yorkshire gin, you can have that included, some real good value deals. That's about four miles up the road from me at Tockworth. Yeah. Okay, I think that's probably just rounded up any kind of beer news and stuff. Uh, Bruce, I'm conscious, is there anything you, you would throw back in about our Real Ale Trail uh, review last week? Anything we missed out or you wanted to... No, no, it with? covered the pubs really well. I mean, the thing for Real Ale Trail for me uh, is probably we all have incidences where uh, there's been bad behaviour on beer trips, uh, but the thing we should have done. But uh, the one thing I really remember is that many years ago, myself and uh, one of my friends, Ian, he was a huge... Uh, Support of Real Ale. We worked in a very large office and um, lots of the ladies there knew what Real Ale. So they asked us to take them on the Trent's Penan Real Ale Trail. So ultimately about 40 people, uh, mostly ladies who have been Real Ale pubs before, we all went to uh, Staley Bridge and Marsden and Huddersfield and Dewsbury um, and they had a fantastic time. But fortunately, by the time we got to Huddersfield, they're all a bit hungry. So uh, in order to accommodate that type of group, we all ended up in the spoons. And uh, one of the chaps with us, he uh, had a chili con carne. So we stopped at Leeds on the way back, by which time he was feeling really quite drunk. And then that, those days, of course, I have to imagine now, we got back on the train from Leeds to York and uh, we had to stand all the way. And I could see David getting progressively greener and greener. And I'm thinking, are you going to be all right? He goes, oh, I think so. And we got off York. And those people that don't know York Station, if you come to like Platform 9, you've got to go across the old iron footbridge, sort of leave the station. 
and he suddenly started walking very uh, quickly over the uh, Iron Bridge. There's that certain speed of walk that's just short of a run where you know things are getting quite desperate. And I could also see his cheeks filling up. So we sort of observed him as he ran down the stairs trying to make the gents' toilets. And unfortunately, he didn't quite make it. Now, we went to the side of Platform 3 to be sick. And unfortunately, at that time, there was an Intercity uh, 125 train bound for London pulling in. The very long trains are coming quite fast. And literally, just as the train went by him, the projectile vomited. The train was going so fast, it left a trail of vomit about 150 feet down the side of the train. And to this day, I think of those poor people who were sat quite nicely for a pleasant after Saturday afternoon train ride. And all of a sudden, the window was obscured in a mass of vomit and beer. Yeah, it's a... Does, uh, does, does David listen to the podcast, Brooks? <laughs> yes, he does do it, because he... <laughs> all right. Yeah, yeah. You talk about it quite often. Those of us that witnessed it will never forget it. Now the man who wants to clean that train or the poor passengers. <laughs> uh, thankfully, I don't think us three have ever been in that situation on any pub trip. Although, actually, I, I do need to give a health warning now because, again, when I was doing research for this, I did find out that um, the uh, rugby bad boy, um, what's his face, uh, Danny Cipriani, you know, he's kind of been out of the papers and he's yeah, kind of the, yeah. the, the playboy of rugby. Uh, apparently, in 2014, he ended up in hospital um, while on a pub crawl in Leeds, apparently fell over and was hit by a buzz and apparently made all the... I, I, did, I did find a clip in somewhere, but it made the front page of all of the kind of tabloids about him being drunk and hit by a buzz on the Otley Road uh, run in a Leeds pub crawl. So that's your health warning. Uh, and it is a health warning because, again, we'll just put up on the screen now for those that watch on YouTube. Um, you know, we mentioned the Leeds order round with the, these 560 pubs. Uh, I think... Leeds has got five national heritage pubs, so you can you could probably just take a trip around all of those. Mm. Uh, and again, I've pinched here from the, the Leeds camera the list of breweries in Leeds, which is almost an A to Z, really. It literally is from anthology uh, all the way to where they be brewing and some very fine beers being brewed uh, in in the city. Uh, they have they have now, and again. I, I can remember Bruce, me and you going to the, I think it probably would be the Great British Beer Festival, wasn't it? In the old, was it, it the old was Queen's? One year, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Was it the old Queen's Hall that was in, yeah, remember, was right? Yeah. Um, which I remember being a, a hell of an experience. Uh, they yeah. now have an international beer. Uh, festival, I think it's in about its ninth year now. Hopefully, it's scheduled for September. So you'd hope that by September, uh, I've not heard whether it's on or not, but that that's worth going and have a look at. They have a Leeds beer walk as well, and you could also probably now do a tap a beer a brewery tap tour as well around Leeds. And so we'll mention a couple of those um, uh, on, on on our tour tonight, really. So uh, a very fine city, uh, well worth a visit. So. I say what I think we'll do is if we say that you arrive into Leeds Station from wherever you come in, Leeds is on the National uh, East Coast Line, but it equally is on the uh, Pennine Line, as mentioned last week as well. You can also get trains from Derby, from Sheffield, from uh, Middlesbrough, Scarborough, um, and obviously from uh, Lancaster, Preston as well. So pretty much, I mean, Leeds must be pretty much in the centre of the country, isn't it? When you, when you think of, kind of Scotland as... Had Scotland on as well. Leeds back yeah, that, that's that's another reason why it grows an industrial hub because it's at the end of a lot of these valleys that were supplying the water for the mills. Also, it was a it was a it was a transport junction. You had the the Leeds Liverpool Canal connecting it over the Pennines, and then you had the the Great North Road as well, the A1 that was running up, up and down the country. So strategically, uh, Leeds was a very uh, important centre, and that's that's how it, it grew as a city and. That's how it's still looked upon, you know, bringing business out of 
London and places like that. And obviously, this is why they're looking at uh, building the new rail line now as well. The the whatever it's called, HS2 extension, HS2. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it would mean that Leeds is even easier to get to. So, yeah, easy to get to. So, I'm sure because when they announced that new uh, government investment bank, that's going to be headquartered in Leeds. That's that in Leeds, well, isn't it? A lot yeah. of jobs, a lot of business around it. It'd be a real boost for the real little boozers of that, won't it? So, as I mentioned, because there are so many pubs in Leeds, what we've tried to do is make it a little bit more manageable. So, I've kind of split Leeds up or Leeds City Centre into four kind of quarters. So, we're going to start off by heading from the station to what I call the Victorian Quarter, which is, if you think about it, um, I put it there as a kind of the what twelve o'clock to three o'clock, that kind of um, right-hand side of Leeds. Uh, again, probably within about I don't know half an hour's walk from the station, you, you collect most of these in, and that's where quite a lot of the impressive Victorian architecture is: uh, the Kirkgate Market, the um, a corn exchange and uh, some very fine pubs, especially the Adelphi, which again, we mentioned before. We then I've talked about having if, if you come south, then from there you're going to hit the Tetley Quarter. So you'll go to the old Tetley Brewery headquarters, which again you can actually get a beer in there now. There's a, a small bar, um, but we can quickly mention our quick trip out. We've said to Hunslet and pick up the Garden Gate. Although we've got a bit of a blank there, I'll come back to that in a minute. And then suggest you go back to the station, and again you can get a bit of a uh, kind of a, a piggyback because there is a a water taxi, which again not a lot of people know about this in Leeds. There's actually it used to be free. I think you have got to pay a pound now but if you get to the armories um there is a little water tax that takes you up along the river uh, and drops you back in at the station and then from the station head out to the retail quarter um so that's where you go into where the most shops are and we've mentioned the passage pubs places like white locks and then if you come down the head row which i'm going to call the civic quarter which is where you've got the big huge city hall millennium square and again some very fine pubs and they do work your way back to lead station so we've tried to get three or four pubs in each of the quarters so that again maybe if you were only coming for an hour or so you could probably fit them in as well so that's the plan so are we going to head off? Now, I've mentioned in the beer notes that there is actually a Weatherspoons on Leeds Station. Uh, and actually, again, I didn't know this. It's just called Leeds Weatherspoons. It hasn't got a name. Um, it's yeah. actually within the station. It's on the North Concourse. Um, and I've put in the notes that it seems to be, whatever, it's been very, very busy. Uh, just yeah. one of those places it ticks over, I think. Uh, not, it's not massive, is it? But it's not, it's all right. It's Andy for grabbing breakfast. We've yeah. used it a couple of times passing through Leeds. Early in the morning when really you're not going to go for a beer, but you set off that early on the train from Moulton that you're ready to have some breakfast. So we've used it to line the stomach. Grab and I've said that, it'd be a good place. If you're meeting people, if people coming, travelling maybe from slightly different yeah. places, it's a good place yeah. to meet, isn't it? Because it's, it's a good place to start. As you say, you get a table, you can have to breakfast. You need to know what it is because it's not it's not obvious within the main concourse of the railway. It's down like a little side yeah. arm where the ticket uh, counters and things like that are. Um, yeah. So, yeah, if... It's not easy to find if you don't know Leeds Station. You maybe didn't even know that it was there. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a good good meeting place. And I think, as you said, Nick, within about two minutes of the, of the station, there are, there are loads of pubs you could choose from, isn't there? literally is. So yeah. we've mentioned Scarborough Taps, and we'll come back to that pops at the end there, which we talked about last week, which is literally, as you come out the station, just look down and Scarborough Taps is there, the Scarborough Hotel. Uh, so, but I think my first choice would be walk around the corner from the Taps, and you'll find the Leeds Brewery Tap, which, again, it's been there for quite a while now. So it's quite a, uh, yeah. You can't really miss it, especially at night, because it's all lit up with yeah. Brewery Tap on the side of it. Uh, a great, I, I've always really enjoyed it being in there. Uh, it's got kind of, I think it's got three rooms, hasn't it, really? It's got a room in front of the bar, a room a bit further, and there's a nice upstairs as well if you can get up there when it, it's a bit oh, busy. I think, yeah, they've got a little barking outside terrace, haven't they, bros? Yeah. 
Uh, and obviously, they normally have obviously all their Leeds beers, but I think, again, they normally have some guests on as well. And I guess if you really wanted to be, um, you know, uh, uh, whatever to the tradition, you could probably look for one of those uh, Tetley Pale Ale number threes and have one of those for all time sakes, really. Uh, literally next door, certainly a couple of doors down from Leeds Brewery Tap, is the Friends of Ham. Uh, we've mentioned that. In fact, I've got a picture there of me uh, having one of their sample trays uh, beers at Friends of Ham. We mentioned those because they've got one in Ilkley as well. I think they've got a few, haven't they, dotted around Friends of Ham. And as Looks said, like there's a Vinto one there for you, bro. It's a cherry top, beer, that one. I think so, yeah. <laughs> uh, and as we said, it's not everybody's taste. It's kind of a cross of kind of, uh, I don't know, kind of a tapas bar meets craft beer bar, really. Um, that down on it, like that yeah, yellow, was it there? And it's not cheap, uh, but uh, the beer's not too bad actually. The food's, the food's more expensive, but it's very good. And I think, I think, I think I put in the note shabby chic and a bar made out of scaffold. So that sums up, I guess, what you're going to get in there. Uh, I'll work it through there. And then I guess going from the sublime to the ridiculous, if you then venture a little bit further, uh, kind of in that direction, you'll come to a much more older pub, and that's the Duck and Drake. So, um, and I think, Bruce, you took me first in here many, many years ago. And in fact, I think on the next next clip here, there's a picture, a very young picture of me there uh, on a trip with Bruce. I think that's probably, again... I would think that I'm looking at that car in the background. Yeah. What is it? Is it a what? A ladder? An FSO, an FSO pulse case. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon I'm 1920 there. So that's 30 yeah. odd years ago. I'm reading a copy of the Rugby League. And I've got what looks like some seven-inch singles in a bag that I bought, probably from HMV, because there weren't any HMVs in York anywhere then. So I am maiden, probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All in this van. And I think, if we've been honest, it, it hasn't the pub itself hasn't changed much, yeah, has it, in 30 odd years? We don't go to it enough because it really, it's just a big open plan space, wooden floorboards. It's got no tables to the bar. It's just got tables around the uh, outside walls, hasn't it? Yeah. And a huge open space. And about bar, but it's a fantastic uh, range of beers on. Uh, it was always it, always a music venue as well, wasn't it? Yeah. So I assume it still is. Yeah. 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 It's quite stealable. So cracking uh, pub. We don't go to it enough, really. And I always remember being one of those pubs where you could probably buy anything. And lots of blogs <laughs> would come round saying, do you want this? Do you want tapes? Do you want, you know, uh, what are you looking for? Ladies, uh, what do you say? Nylons? Oh, I just imagine you sat there with beer and people were coming off your watches and God knows what else. Um, and then the other picture I've got on the screen there, again, if you watch on YouTube, is a, it's a slightly hazy picture there, Nick, of Nick outside Mr. Foley's, which we're going to come to at the final quarter, which is probably why it looks a bit hazy on my uh, clip there. And I, I, I don't know how long that, that, uh, you're not that young there. It's no, you're, you're focused in on you're focusing on the pub and not on me. Unless it's, <laughs> that, unless it's that pink shirt I'm wearing. Oh, maybe, maybe. And then the other pub in this first round is the Adelphi, which again we have mentioned. It, I always think of it as Sam Smith's pub, but it's not a Sam Smith's pub. It's a yeah. it's an old Tetley's pub, but yeah. it's and it but it's very much in that London kind of Sam Smith's thing, isn't it? We've talked about the very big. I guess is it George and Nick Victoria? I don't know which one it probably is. It's, it, it'll have been Georgian, but once again, it'll be made it, made up to look Victorian, a bit like the the, the uh, Philharmonic that we yeah. mentioned in Liverpool. But that's the one that I always like it the most to, with the separate rooms, with, with named rooms, themed yeah. rooms. The Philharmonic obviously has a Brahms room and the musical rooms. The, 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 um, the Adelphi has very much, you know, the dining room and the buffet room, things like that, and uh, etched glass screens, uh, dark wood mahogany, um, teak, things like that. Yeah, very, very 
you would say it's, it's absolute Victoriana, but yeah. historically yeah. in reality, it was actually probably nearer 1910, 1920s when it, all that interior was put in there. And I think I've, I mean, I've put some, I've put some more extensive notes in the pub list that's on the website. And I, um, I think I have put in there that the rooms are quite different. And I guess it's one of those where they are quite, I remember the, the and it's had a, that's had another bit of a refurb recently as well, because I remember the room on the right was a bit grotty, but when I looked at pictures on the web now, it looks really smart on them up. Um, and normally I have a three or four beers on there, not a massive range, but normally pretty good. And again, it's certainly got a good turnover of, stat, of, of uh, punters in there, hasn't it? So there's normally, you know, beers normally, oh, it's always a good sign, really. Good cosmopolitan crowd in there. You get students, but you get, you know, once again, ladies um, who've been shopping. I know last time we went in there, there was quite a few ladies in there. And then, it's, it's 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 in the business on the edge of the business quarter as well. Yeah. So we go in during the week, then you often get people having long business lunches and stuff like that in there as well. Which it's that's why you get a good diverse range of, of drinks in there as well. You know, they sort of cater for for, for everybody from wines to beers I to think it's, it's, lagers um, to. It's M and B now, so I think again it'd be that probably their beers that you'll be you come All across. Right. And apparently that is on the National Inventory as well. It is one of those heritage pubs, is the Adelphi as well. Heritage, Tetley, Heritage, heritage pub. But it was almost yeah. the tap. Whilst yeah. the Tetley's brewery had the tap, it wasn't far the Adelphi is just around the corner from yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, now, the other pub that I just I wondered about was the pub that's by the uh, church, which I always forget the name of. Was it a, Nich- is it a Nicholson's or was it a it Nicholson's? Was, it was a Nicholson's pub. Um, yeah, because it used to have the tiled, uh, they used to have a tiled. Well, we years ago, didn't we, Nick? We did, Bruce. The last time we, I think, when we went to Sheffield, we wanted down there because we, we got we got something to eat there, didn't we? Yeah, we did. It was a uh, and it was a deal because we ended up. In fact, we ended up. The, the beer range wasn't great, so then we, I think we ended up having a, a, a curry and a Guinness, didn't we? Well, yeah. I did anyway. Um, but I say I, it was one of the Nicholsons, but I don't think it is anymore. Not the not. I'm um, looking now. Not the lamb and lamb and flag. No, that's not no. No, no. Okay, well, I'll maybe I will. I'll try if I can find it. I'll maybe put it in. But I know it's changed um, since. Was it was it called something like the Palace? It's the Palace. That's right. It's the Palace. Yeah. Yeah, just by Leeds. Leeds. I always get mixed up. It's not. Is it Leeds Minster or Leeds Cathedral? I think it's Leeds, Leeds Minster. It's Leeds Minster, isn't it? In Leeds, yeah, Leeds it's Minster. Minster. So it's it's the Palace. Um, right. But uh, yeah, it's it's a chain now. But I think well, it will be if it's Nicholson's, and then Mitchell's a bottle is Nicholson's, isn't it? But I think they've rebranded. It's not Nicholson's anymore. No, I, don't, say. I was looking now. I don't think it is. It doesn't say what. Uh, it's in Gate Leeds. Yeah, I remember it being quite close to the uh, the market, etc. As well. So uh, yeah. anyway, stick with those four. You will go far wrong with those four. Um, and as we said, if you can get to the Adelphi, um, in fact, you can probably see from the Adelphi on the corner the the old impressive Tetley headquarters building, which is now called the Tetley. Uh, and I say, you don't necessarily have, a, have to have a drink there, but it's probably worth just having a look around it. Um, there is, I said, a cafe bar in there, that, and again, they do serve beer. Um, and I think they've got a little bit, bit of a mini museum in there. And I, I think you can just walk in. I don't think, because it's an art gallery and an event space, you can normally wander in. And in fact, just inside, as you go in there, last time I think it was in there, they've got quite a lot of glass cases with um, old Tetley memorabilia bottles, etc. as well. So, you know, I think for all time's sake, it's just worth to kind of wander in there. Um, I try to think there is quite a few, there's a lot of re, uh, redevelopment going on around there, isn't there? So I'm guessing that quite new bars will be springing up, craft bars, because um, there's all that new uh, apartment housing isn't around that area as well. They're all putting in there. 
Yeah, there's, there's various health clubs and gyms and hotels as well. So once again, they're moving it down to that part of the city now. A lot of the redevelopment is on the site of the old brewery, which is a great shame. Yeah. And they absolutely yeah. flattened it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then we've mentioned that while you're that neck of the kind of city, uh, it is a little bit of a walk. I think there are a couple of buzzes you can jump on is, again, to get out to the Garden Gate, which, again, is one of those national heritage pubs. Uh, say, we're said, to San Francisco by here. <laughs> On your screen, Golden Gate. Golden Gate. <laughs> um, it it does. Um, it is. Uh, have I put the Golden Gate? Sorry, I should. Do that. yeah. <laughs> that's. I, I didn't recognise that. Sorry, it's the Garden Gate. Um, I think that's just probably the bloody Microsoft spelling doing my spelling for me. Um, now we said we did say that certainly last time we were in there, it was a Leeds Brewery pub. Um, we've explained before that Leeds Brewery pubs now have been taken over by Cameron's as part of their network. Being managed by Cameron's, yeah. And I know last time we looked at it, we couldn't, there's no mention of the uh, Garden Gate. And I know you double checked, I checked again this week that the website, et cetera, has all kind of gone down, that definitely was there. Um, I did kind of tweet out to National Heritage guys and Leeds Cameron, if anybody knows, I'm not having back yet. So it doesn't, it's not looking great, is it? Uh, as we said, I would imagine that if anything was untoward going on, you know, they were going to knock it down. I think we'd hit, we'd know about it. And well, I say it's a great grade two star. So other than the Philharmonic, which is a grade one listed building, yeah. it's one of the highest listed build, uh, pub buildings in the country now. So yeah. Yeah. you certainly can't just knock it down. And I think if any 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 book you get on heritage pubs, you'll definitely find pictures of the of the Garden Gate in there, won't you? And it is absolutely jaw-dropper when you go inside, yeah. isn't it? I mean, yeah. now, to be honest, we were there ooh, two years ago, the first time being to it, and um, sadly the fire wasn't lit, which would have given it, a, brought it all to life. And you can sit in some money spend on it. I know the it was middle of day in July, wasn't it, Bruce? Pardon? It was middle of day during, in, in July, wasn't it? No, no, it was winter. It was chilly, Nick. <laughs> all right. Uh, and I mean, it's... Uh, but the band was telling us the chimney needs about £20,000 spending on it. Yeah. We couldn't justify it. But after what happened with the announcement for the money yesterday, the budget for uh, pubs to become a Community system, buyouts, you know, yeah. There'll yeah. never be a better chance to save that. But I think the problem is, though, of course, as we said last time, it's now surrounded by storage depots, isn't it? And um, kind of logistics places and... Um, a lot of the houses going, and it is it is a fair way out of the kind of well, I'm not saying a fair way. It's probably half is, an hour walk, isn't it, from the Tetley? There is a job centre around the corner, so the fact that there's job centre there, you would say there's a big enough population yeah. of people living in the immediate area. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. So, and then, and then, as I said, if you want to wander back towards the the new wharf development, which you won't miss because that's where all the big buildings are. I say, if you get to the Armouries Museum, there is a little water taxi there, which takes you, it's not took too long, about 10 minutes, just back down, and that drops you off a couple of, I think it stops twice, but you can get off right by the station. And Are you doing some culture? You can pop into the Armouries. The Armouries is free of charge. Um, the collection is, is is a little bit repetitive, but it's, it's part of the National Collection of Arms and Armour. Uh, it was a deal that was done during the Second World War when they were moving stuff out of London. Some of it was actually brought up to Leeds and to put into safe storage. And it was always said that if the Royal Armoury is diversified or expands, then Leeds should be a place where it is. So they created what was the, they probably spent more money on the building than the actual collection inside. And they created what's called the Tower of Steel, which is worth having a look at. It's a, it's a three, four story uh, tower that you walk upstairs inside of and all around the walls, there are shields and swords 
in uh, geographical, geometrical patterns. And, you know, certainly it's an impressive collection, but it's, it's, it's a modern museum and it's so fashioned that a lot of it's just glass show cabinets of lumps of bits and pieces. But it is free. So if you want to have a break from having a beer for an hour or so, you can pop yourself into there. They often do a lot of different special events in there now as well, special exhibitions, which you do have to pay for. But things like dinosaurs and Doctor Who and James Bond and things like that. So there's often other things going on there as well. So, yeah, if you've had enough beer, say, you know, early morning, afternoon, and you want a break for an hour or so, then the Armouries, you can pop in there free of charge. And I said this this area leads now is having, well, has had massive refurbishment. It's kind of a new, um, I guess, go-to area. Uh, lots of apartments by the by the water there. That's the Daleks down there, isn't it? Lots of new office buildings. Um, and in the middle of them all is, again, one of those fantastic relics, uh, the Grove, which I know you two uh, probably oh, okay. have been there a lot longer, a bit more than I have. And I think in the next, my right. next slide... Got a picture of Bruce there and David enjoying a, a pint in the grill, which gives you, I think, gives you a good flavour, doesn't it, of all the yeah. fantastic, um, well, they're not murals, the kind of photographs on the walls, aren't they? Um, and this is lit a little old gem, isn't it? Surrounded by huge, great monstrosities, uh, a proper traditional old boozer. I was amazed how quiet it was that night that we went, Bruce. I mean, oh. the back, the back room, the main room is known for because once again, it's iconic in the world of music. I mean, they've had some massive stars there. I think Mark Knopfler from the, what was it, the Camden Hillbillies. Mm. Um, after he was doing his Dire Straits, he decided to, to create a folk group of some of his Dire Straits guys and some other well-known musicians. And they'd had a meeting there over a pint and decided to form this, this folk group. Uh, but a lot of other uh, well-regarded um, artists, songwriters, people have performed there in the past. So that's what it's still known for. Yeah. And as I say, when we went in the last time, that little front room, which is a little bit more comfortable, to be honest with you, um, was completely empety. So we had yeah. the room to ourselves. I presume well, that... what's busier is the office workers leave and people go, lunchtime, it's very busy. But it's surrounded now by just new Look, office yeah. interior. Well, I think that Yorkshire's biggest building is right next door to now, isn't it? The new bit, you know, tower block. Yeah, well, they don't knock off your feet anymore now. They put some strange like uh, buffer devices there. But until two years ago, you could stand there on a windy day and get lifted off your feet. Yeah, <laughs> and um, and I well, I've actually put that, that front bar you're in there. That's supposed to be the locals' bar, that front bar. So, um, like you say, maybe that was that was scary. But I, I think a good example of a, a typical old Victorian West Riding pub. Uh, and I think again, yeah, the music thing I found out, I think they claim that the first ever folk music group. Oh, the first folk club in the world met there back in the early 1950s or 60s again. So it was it. Notting Hillbillies, not the Camden Hillbillies. I knew it was somewhere in Notting Hillbillies. So you're back at the station, so you'd be like, you're back at our fulcrum. So you've done the right hand side of our kind of quarters. Uh, and I said, now, if you now head up from the station, um, kind of come out of the station or area and head left, and um, there's quite a nice, another, another open square there with the Queen's Hotel on your left hand side. But if you head right, uh, again, you're going to walk past quite a few pubs, aren't you? Even on that street, that is it Colcom? I don't know, it's a commercial street that, that goes kind of parallel from the from the station. Uh, there's, there's another Weatherspoons down that road there and a few other kind of walkabout bars and a couple of old traditional pubs. I think it's the Temple down that, that, that end somewhere, the Templar Hotel, I think, down that street, remember rightly. Um, and then if you look, if you if you head towards what's called Brigate, which is the main shopping street, and up Brigate, as we've said, is where you'll find most of the passage pubs. Um, but before you get there, it might be worth a quick detour because in between the kind of station and Brigate, you've got uh, two. Well, you've got the North Brewery 
Brewing Tap, the Broth Brewing Company Tap, um, which again is a quite a modern tap. I don't, the brewery's not there, is it? I think I don't know whether they do some brewing there as well. Um, and you've also got Tap Leeds as well, which is another kind of a, a newy kind of craft bar. So maybe pick one of those, um, which are as most as we've explained, really uh, quite I guess shabby chic is a good way of saying it, isn't it? Quite industrial, a strip bare. Uh, lots and lots of different beers on, quite obviously normal taps coming out of the wall, uh, vast um, menu of beers, and then obviously you can often get bottled beers and canned beers or some of the kind of things that are a bit more different. Uh, and a complete contrast to that is, is then you head towards the passage bars, as you mentioned, the Turk's Head, the Ship, the Angel, uh, and the White Locks. And I think for us, probably White Locks and Ship are the ones that we'd probably say one that we would probably go to the most. Ship's a bit further, a bit closer. The ship's a bit closer as you walk up Brigade, isn't it? Same thing, left-hand side, down a little passageway. I quite like it in there, actually. Um, I thought probably I would probably go in there now rather than White Locks. I say because White Locks often is absolutely even in it, both with shoppers and I think probably camera tickers as well sometimes. And the yeah. ship's a bit cheaper as well. I like the Angel. The Angel's uh, rough and ready, but if you get in the little room with the fire where the bar is on a winter's day, it's great. We get some real characters in there as well, but very friendly. Uh, again, they've got it's quite plush upstairs, faded plush upstairs. Uh, the bar's rarely open these days, but uh, and sadly, of course, I imagine a lot of people who did go there have now deserted them for weather spoons with the pound increase. But uh, yeah. <laughs> the Angel, you really can walk by and miss it though. It's right next door yeah. to a club called Fat Face. But there is absolutely no signage, no hint there's a pub down the passage. White locks on the ship do actually put boards on the passage walls, but there's nothing at all to say there's a pub. That you've still got a little passage by the side of Fat Face. They've got quite a large pub and an awful lot of outside seating as well, can't you? Because you go through... You need to explain, bro, so it's a Sam Smith pub again, that's why. Well, I was going to say, and um, there aren't that many Sam Smith pubs in Leeds, are there really? Well, funnily enough, when you were talking about uh, the previous uh, area, Bamber Market there, uh, the Admiral Duncan and General Elliot came to mind. And these are two uh, legendary pubs for all the wrong reasons uh, in uh, Leeds for the clientele they attract. Uh, the um, Admiral Duncan's named after um, uh, Duncan, um, uh, Duncan, oh, Peter Duncan, the Legion 80. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Duncan de Sordley. Oh, is it? All right. Okay. No, no, Duncan. I know you mean. I know you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> then the general, of course. And actually, I got a quick peep at my phone to see uh, if they were still both open and trading. But interestingly enough, I did come across a review for the General Elliot. And the gentleman who wrote the review says, I'm not surprised there are no reviews yet posted for this place as it would strike a normal observer speechless. <laughs> I've seen a few pubs in my time, good, bad and ugly, but this place is unclassifiable. <laughs> uh, I, when you go, I, think, I think I've been in there, and I think okay. it's just it's just bare floorboards, I've any furniture, and they were rightly just, just lager, just lager. Um, but no, I don't there are many Sam Smith's pubs in Leeds. I think yes, one of those pubs in Leeds is the uh, is it the, the, the is it commercial or the Eagle, not far from the arena. The Eagle. I think I it's called the Eagle, but it's once again it's it's out out up towards the northeast. So it's a big walk out the centre. But I know the guy who used to write the beer column for the Yorkshire Post, he has it in his he produced a book, the Yorkshire Beer Bible, something like that. And he has that in there, the eagle. And I looked at it and then thought, no, it's, it's a bit too much of a walk out sort of thing. Yeah. But he reckons for a Sam Smith pub, that a classic one. Interior as well, 
very, very traditional, yeah. very, very classic. So tell us when it's maybe, maybe worth having a walk out and trying to find that one next yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, next time I go to Leeds, I'm definitely going to go visit. I mean, we had the relaxation lockdown here, but of course, Leeds is obviously tier above us. So uh, yeah. next time they go, I'm definitely going to go. And I suppose that's the joy of pubs, really, isn't it? All the time, there's something you're discovering, something you're learning. I only discovered uh, yesterday about the... Uh, the old smugglers pub in Saltland by the sea, the ship. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. I've never been there either. I've been yeah, and that's worth it. That's a great pub, great pub. Especially the waves crash over you because they really do down there. Um, yeah. yeah they have a brewery, don't they have a brewery there as I well? I think they do, yeah. They're suddenly yeah. making beer there. Um, yeah, just this part, I would just say uh, <laughs> Bruce's recommendation for pubs in Leeds that we started on last week. I think the first two said, Bruce said, I, I've never dared to go in this pub, but, it, but it's worth having a look at. And then the other two that you said have been burnt down in the last 18 months. <laughs> yes, sir, yeah. Which is always, always, thing happens, pubs are a hell of a lot, doesn't it, being burnt down? <laughs> well, the thing, the thing is, Mike, when you, when you went off being a student and it was me and Bruce left to go on these beer trips, <laughs> he would always intimate that when we went anywhere that you two had been before you'd been in this pub it would push me in through the door first and they say oh yeah Nick I'm just going to go for a wee you go to the bar and it, within 10 seconds it was quite obvious that you'd never been in these bloody pubs before and again, using me as like to test test the places out I would say that again as we talked about it back in the 90s Leeds was a bit of a rough old place and again part of that was the football wasn't it because obviously Leeds had a bit of reputation I think things have been in the Premier League I think that's kind of well I think football's changed a hell of a lot hasn't it uh, and I think now yeah I think most of the places we're talking about they're normally absolutely fantastic well, place to go going, to aren't they? going back to the Market Tavern do you, want, do you remember this one Bruce the first time I ever went to the Market Tavern Bruce pushed me in first we yeah. talked about in previous episodes about the music in the back bar being so loud because it's a Leeds Death Club in there. There was a guy behind the bar, he only had one arm. We got served two pints of Tetley's, stood at the bar because we didn't dare go and sit in somebody's seat. A young chap came in with a backpack on his back and he was obviously not from Leeds. Ordered two pints of lager and a pint of bitter. Barman proceeded to pull him two pints of bitter and a pint of lager. When chap with backpack on pointed out the mistake... The lad behind the bar with one arm looked at him and we thought he was going to fly across the bar and we're thinking, oh, God, what's going to happen here now? <laughs> Picks up the pint of bitter, downs it in one, slams the empty glass on the bar and says, we could do with more mistakes like that, couldn't we, lads? <laughs> we were gobsmacked. And then it was, we were time to go. Bruce says, oh, you've got to come and seek toilets. He says, once upon a time, it was on them outside lean-tubs that were just basically an yeah. open gutter. He says, they've got a porter cabin now. So me and Bruce went in the loo. Two other guys, obviously from Leeds, followed us in there. There was two urinals, one toilet cubicle. Bruce got one of the urinals. I got the toilet cubicle. Matey behind didn't have anywhere to go. And all I could hear was he moaning to his mate about, oh, bloody Tetley's pub, they want to spend more money on toilets. I walks out the cubicle. He's there weeing in the sink, <laughs> complaining about the state of toilets. So, so, that was a market tavern for you. That was it, really was. Funny enough, talking about these uh, pubs and leads, I can't honestly remember if the three legs on the headrows open or closed. I had a quick peep at my phone again, and it was suggested it's open. But I did tap on the first review I came to, and it actually says, it's entitled Disgusting Bar. Again, the three legs, one of those infamous Leeds City pubs. Right. And I suppose Leeds is quite unique, that there are still a lot of these old pubs that yeah. cater to uh, this clientele, and somehow they rub along, shovel, shovel, the wine bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's the beauty yeah. of the place. Yeah. But what this review says, um, picture this. Uh, I, 
As you open the front door, it's like a scene from a Western as the place goes quiet as everyone turns and stares. On entering, you're greeted with a dusty, a musky aroma. And I thought in as we will have, we'll have a drink anyway, as I've drank in worst place in my time. Then it said, um, it took a while to get served as a barmaid is throwing water over a punter who has fallen asleep and won't wake up. <laughs> so I say, possibly classic, do a classic, classic. of all the uh, supposedly undesirable pubs in Leeds. Probably have a great time, yeah. And I think, and episode seven again, we've already got to talk about toilets, which again seems to be another recurring theme that we talk about. Which again is, <laughs> uh, I think the only one we could talk about in this area is the head of steam. We've talked about head of steam quite a lot, but again, um, as you kind of head towards the kind of the shopping area. Um, again, the head of steam is there as well. I think that head of steam, I think, if I remember rightly, it's got um, electronic screens because there's that many beers they sell in these places now. Uh, again, and as you said, Nick, they're very uh, quite a beer y kind of place, isn't it? Typical head of steam, quite mm. a large, um, you know, uh, stripped back um, beer noisy. hall. Noisy. Noisy. Yeah. Noisy. So that is the, um, that is the uh, retail quarter done. Uh, and again, quite a lot of different beers there. So my suggestion, then, if you come out of perhaps Stagger Out of White Locks, uh, if you turn left, it is really worth looking at some of those Victorian arcades. And um, Harvey Nick's kind of is on the side of one of them. Uh, but there are a couple, and they are fantastic. I mean, again, they spent a hell of a lot of money on them. And this, again, is the old, um, you know, where you could shop without getting rained on. Um, again, uh, fantastic architecture. Um, some very high-end shops in there. I don't, we could look forward to shopping most of them. Um, but it's worth having a walk through one of those, isn't it? But if you head up to the top and you, and you head on what's called the Hedgerow in Leeds, which, again, is kind of hedged towards the Civic Centre of Leeds. And as I said, Bruce says, there are a couple of interesting pubs on the way. Um, there's a couple of big kind of chain stores isn't there on the side. The Is it the light, the cinema centre, bit bit further down, yeah. some nice hotels yeah. on there as well? Passing the man carrying the barrel. There's a, there's a statue of a man carrying a barrel. And I, I didn't know the history of it, but I can't remember. So maybe I'll look that up for next week. And you can't really miss the City Hall Town Hall, which will be looming up in front of you on your right. So if you head towards that, there's the library and then the art, and there's a, is it the art gallery there. And then a huge, massive, great uh, town hall. Uh, often lots of weddings because it's got a fantastic step. So you often see you often see kind of five or six wedding parties all waiting, I think, to kind of go in. Um, and you've got, again, quite a lot of different pubs that you could access uh, very close to there. So we've got listed here, we've got Mr Foley's, which, again, is interesting. We'll perhaps talk a bit more about that. And we've got a picture of Nick outside, Mr Foley's. The Town Hall Tavern, which is a Timmy Taylor's pub, which, again, it, there's not many Taylor's pubs in Leeds either, which, again, surprised that it's Keithley's only down the road. Uh, the pub that me and Nick uh, would probably always go to, certainly the past, Nick, was the Victoria Family and Commercial Hotel. But, again, we've got a little bit of story just to, just to pick about that. Yeah. Um, and then from there, you're kind of on the edge of kind of visiting out, really, and suggested if you did want to at least visit one of the pubs on the Otley Road run. As I said, the Otley Road run starts kind of just outside the city centre, um, just next to the main Leeds University campus, and then heads up Otley Road, um, where most of the students live. Uh, the Sky Rack is kind of usually the first pub that you would uh, start the Otley Road running. It's quite a nice pub, actually. It's one of those kind of TARDIS pubs. It looks quite small, but it's huge when you get in it. Uh, they do cut really well, actually, with the crowd. They're so used to it. And they do have some good beer on. Um, the original Oak is across the across the road there. And if you did want to jump on a buzz, Woody's, I was always say, if you want to pick one pub on Otley Road, go to Woody's Craft Bar. Uh, and I was going there again in the 1990s, and it's still going as strong. Uh, really good place. Again, nice mix of students, normally one side, and a, a bit more refined on the other side. 
Um, and then you could always you could always head out there a little bit further out of town, but you've got the Northern Monk Refectory at the old flax mill, which we mentioned, one of the kind of leads uh, industries. That's uh, that's and, more south though, isn't it? Uh, you kind of it's kind of out that way. If you kind of carry on straight past the town hall and keep going, you probably have to get on a bus. I don't think you could probably walk it. Um, mm. And then we'll head back towards the station. So, uh, Mr. Foley's has been, it's been a bit of a kind of place. I know it's changed name and it's, um, it's a, uh, it's a black sheep pub now, isn't it? It's a black sheep and York, York brewery pub now. Um, it was an independent, which had a phenomenal range of beer. Um, it's next door to the beer keller, isn't it? So you often got quite a few people warming up in there before they went down the beer keller. Well, it, it, it was one of those first new pubs in Leeds, if I can remember, Bruce. And, and can you put some information on this? What, weren't Oakles Brewery from Isle of Man, my Isle of Wight involved in it? In the same way that they have, a, they have an outreach in Chester of all places. Right, yeah. So Oakles, I think... Oakles became part of the market um, town taverns, one brigantes. That's right, yeah. That and uh, places like that, but so of course that was part of that portfolio of uh, became part of that portfolio of pubs. Uh, but then didn't York Brewery have some input? Well, they, they started it. York Brewery started with it, Mister uh, Foley. Right. Then I say, but then that then got into got taken uh, over. They bought Mister Foley's and I say now it's gone back to York Brewery. In, um, which has been a bit bizarre, really. Yeah, but I, w- I would say it's one of those. It was one of those first places that I went in that wasn't actually a pub. Yeah, I was going to say that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Converted to shop or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, the building's yeah. grade two listed. Actually, the building itself is grade two listed because it's, it's, I guess it's more of a civic, maybe a, was it a bank or an office or something. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. said that the pubs yeah. or the bars are on like two floors, isn't it? Like the bottom, yes. kind of bottom end. And then yeah. you go, you go downstairs, you go downstairs as well. I remember right. You go downstairs to go in, then yeah. you go upstairs, and there's a, there's like a, it's not a landing, but there's like a, yeah, square room at the back. Uh, yeah. So you're up and down, as it were. Yeah. So obviously, down, you, get, down and you, up. you get your black sheep beers and you get the York beers now because they obviously brew for York as well. Um, a bit further on, a bit on that side, a bit a little bit further down past the town hall, you've got, as I mentioned, the town hall tavern, which is a Timothy Taylor's pub, quite a small pub, interwar pub, um, lots of copper top tables and lots of nice photos of Leeds, which often you get in those. And then behind the town hall is the Victoria Family and Commercial Hotel. Uh, and again, I think this is another grade two listed building. Uh, I think this has always been a pop. That's right. I read about this. It was actually built for the Assizes Court. It was where people would stay when they yeah. were being summoned to court. Obviously, the court backs onto the the uh, town hall, doesn't it? Um, and again, it used to be. It was a Nicholson's pub, wasn't it? When last time we were in yeah. there, and it, you know, great, yeah. uh, fantastic long bar. Again, like you said, interesting rooms, a dining room at the back, and a, central um, corridor, yeah. dining room onto the left hand side, main bar the right hand side, slightly two levels to it. Uh, slightly raised when you walked up to the front there. Um, but yeah, it seems that Nicholson's have, have got rid of it or within Mitchell's and Butler, whether they've passed it on to yeah, one now, of their other subsidiaries or one of their chains. Doing a little, well, do a little bit of digging. I The only name I could find was that potentially Black Rose pubs may have bought it because uh, I did see that they're linked to the name. And a bit more digging. Black Rose, again, are, I think, mainly based a bit more kind of Lancashire way, but they have quite a lot of those similar kind of properties. Um, and it looks like they are a, a company on the up. So they, they've got about six, seven pubs already open, but then it did say they've got about another six or seven in development. And it looks like the similar kind of thing, really, not, you know, keeping those very fantastical buildings ticking over as kind of uh, beer bars as well. So, it's worth looking out for that. I mean, if nothing else, it's a fantastic building to look at, isn't it? It's quite an interesting building to look at. Um, and then there was... Slight, slightly difficult to find a gig. So once yeah. again, it's, it's off the beaten track. 
Isn't yeah, there yeah, um, yeah. an Irish pub the way, on the corner? And there an, uh, an old Neil. Well, I mean, the yeah. If you head up to Media Square where the big weather spoons is, and then start heading, you know, down the hill. Yeah. But it, yeah. it's one of those streets that you're thinking, well, is there going to be a bar down here or not, or is there going to be a pub down here? But yeah, you, you're yeah. just going to carry on, and it's not too far out. But it, it is, you know, you think, well, you know, we're, we're getting out the city now, as it were, yeah. certainly yeah. out the city centre. But it's worth worth looking out definitely. So again, and, and I've never never been through the back, but I would think that they maybe have an outdoor, an outdoor scene area. I'm not sure. Yeah, but... didn't say that on the list. But again, I think it's worth just checking if you come into Leeds, maybe just check the website or the Facebook page, see what, what if that's there. And I said yeah. I put in my notes here, you could then probably jump on a bus because you you'd have to probably go over the 64, which is kind of the inner kind of ring road for Leeds, and get to the university and then get up the Otley Road. And I've got here that it. From the Victoria is a 20-minute, Google says, walk to the Northern Monk uh, uh, Brewery and Refectory, which is where the upstairs, where they have their bar there as well. So that might be something worth considering. Obviously, um, the uh, Refectory is, again, typical kind of one of those modern, modern, modern uh, tap, but it's in the fantastical building in the mill tap. Um, and again, their score range is on, but again, they do have, as always, quite a lot of their funky sours and, and uh, strong beers that you could sample as well. And thankfully, a third, I put my notes here, thankfully, thirds are available. So if you want to drink one or two of those uh, stronger beers. And then head back to the station, really. I mean, from the town hall, from Mr. Foley's, you walk down, it's kind of, it's all downhill, which is great. Uh, again, there's loads of kind of, um, I wouldn't say Jamie Oliver's, but they've gone bust, haven't they? But there's all those kind of bars down that road, isn't there? Um, Latasca's and uh, Carlucci. They're all kind yeah, of, yeah. Uh, yeah. And again, you'll see um, Queen Square open up in front of you as you get towards the bottom. And in front of you, you'll see uh, the station concourse. And to the right is the Queen's Hotel, which again, actually, there is actually it's listed, actually, Queen, the Queen's Bar in there. It's quite nice, the Q Bar. Um, and they normally Very much are, Dick. I've actually stopped in there, and that's, that's the problem. <laughs> Uh, it was owned by Q Hotels and, you know, they had a really good reputation and I felt sorry for them really because it's an Art Deco building with metal window frames and it's just a money pit. And yeah. so, yeah, the, the, the bar inside and, and in fact, breakfast was downstairs and, and that was a bit oppressive because there was no windows. Uh, I thought they should have sucked it the way around. The bar should be downstairs and the eating area should be upstairs. But the bar itself is very much all sort of... Um, Tea room, cafe, Art yeah. Deco style, yeah, uh, yeah, 1920s, yeah. 30s. And they do a fantastic fish and chips in that restaurant because I've done a few uh, corporate gigs in there and that's what you get fed and it's bloody good. Uh, I've just noticed if you look at, again, those on YouTube, if you look at the bottom left-hand side, that pub on the front of the Leeds pub book by Paul Crystal, that is the Victoria uh, Family Community Hotel and that's the bar that's in there as well, which looks like that's what's in it. I'm just looking at that chalk there. That looks mm. like it was a Nicholson's. Um, mm. when that was picture was taken and that's the outside there as well yeah. and then the other bar again if you're waiting for your train back or you want one final hurrah um, is the Scarborough Hotel or the uh, what we call what everybody in Leeds calls Scarborough Taps as I said that's as you walk into the station it's just on the left it's kind of it's down isn't it kind of it's a bit weird it's kind of on a lower level to the station itself there is a lift though to get you back up to the station uh, if you've had enough beer by then uh, we mentioned that last week um, it's a great pub it's quite a big pub um, again, I think you mentioned it gets a bit busy on, on football days, et cetera, especially. Um, I did notice that the landlord apparently has been there for, um, I think, 16, 17 years. So, and as we said, you, that's often a good sign, isn't it? Uh, you can't miss it. It's got fantastic.
fantastic ornate um, front and often fantastic uh, flower flower um, hanging baskets in the summer, which are beautiful in there as well. Um, and I did note, by the way, that in the camera, um, Leeds camera full measure booklet, it's the most misspelt pub apparently in Leeds and even the camera book, uh, they get the spelling wrong as well. In addition, 145, they, they spell it as in Scarborough on the coast and not Scarborough. Scarborough, not Scarborough. Scarborough. Yeah. Um, and then the only one I've got here was, I mentioned the Templar, which uh, it's not that far away from Scarborough Tap. It's on that, I can't what the street is. You, you, you know this one because it's got the Melbourne Ales on the front of it. Fantastic um, ornate outside pub as well. Uh, and it just says in, in all the kind of guides, it's a proper traditional city booze. And again, another grade two listed, another grade two listed pub in Leeds. So, uh, as we said, you are you are really small for choice in Leeds. So I think, gents, we've kind of done it. Uh, again, I felt like we whistled through that, and, and so we've only picked, we've only kind of just scratched the surface, haven't we? Really, of, of Leeds. Uh, it's as we said. I mean, each, each quarter you can spend a full day there. To be honest with you, yeah. you know, we talked about last week, Mike, about south of the river. Yeah. Yeah. You doing know, your two um, down there, yeah, yeah. So, uh, as we said, we've kind of we kind of well, we're on episode seven now. We we're, we're kind of getting as we get each week to it on. So, we have kind of thought about another flight now because this is as far as we got when we started this back in January. Uh, we got kind of to episode seven, so we thought we might just do something a bit different next week. And Nick's going to take the lead next week. Um, and we've talked quite a bit about branding, and that's been in the news recently with. Um, the Anchor Brewery rebranding, and we've talked a little bit about um, the new Pete Brown book about branding in beers. So Nick's going to do something on labels and logos. And It'll I've be got... definitely, that'll be definitely a YouTube uh, episode. If anybody's got access to YouTube, you want to watch it because right. anybody between the age of about 30 and 60, I'll be bringing up a lot of things that you'll remember, memorabilia and stuff like that. Um, I'm into my brewery, Arnia, so collecting stuff. Um, so there'll be some visuals, but there'll be a lot of slogans and logos that you might remember. And I'm going to set Mike and Bruce uh, a bit of a quiz, I think. I'm going to give them 20 different slogans and logos that we used to sell beer and various other alcoholic beverages and see if they can remember them and then talk about the breweries behind those slogans and logos. So I'll say that could be one if anybody fancies tuning into the YouTube channel and watching us on there. That could definitely run for uh, for episode eight, and then we might just have some reflections as well because I'm just conscious that we kind of we 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 I mean at the moment we're only meeting up probably on a Thursday just before we do the podcast, so we're all quite busy at the moment. So uh, perhaps we reflect on that, and then I guess we're trying to think about where we might go in the future because obviously there's all so many pub tours we could do, um, uh, and obviously at the moment we're a bit stuck because we're still locked down for a, a fair while yet. Uh, we do think we've got to give uh, York uh, a kind of proper hit, a, a bit like Leeds really. Uh, if Leeds a, is a city for drinking, then York is even yeah. more so. I think yeah. York used to the record that there was a pub every 500 yards and the stupid wasn't, and they reckon... It's got to be less than that now. I reckon you can't walk down the street in York more than 400 yards without coming across a pub. Some kind of somewhere, bar or some, pub. Somewhere yeah. to drink. Yeah. So obviously that's... We have sitting down to about 20, I can tell you. <laughs> yeah. So Bruce is going to ask Bruce, he's a resident of York. Bruce is going to kind of try and guide us through York. And we've mentioned quite a few pubs already in York, haven't we? Uh, and then I say, certainly the last trip that I think, all the last trips me and Nick did before we all got locked down was what I'm calling Smugglers Steam Trains and Ice Cream, uh, the North Yorkshire Moors uh, Coast. So we'll, that's quite a nice one. We're taking Whitby and Scarborough and we'll probably talk about the North Yorkshire Moor Steam Railway. Uh, as Bruce has got a bit of a veteran interest there because his uh, his uh, nephew Liam is a big star of that. Uh, I think Kieran. we've got to do Kieran. Sorry, 
Yeah, Kieran. Kieran. Uh, we've got, uh, I've got a uh, drinking in Mankey Land. So we've mentioned Manchester a couple of times, but again, certainly a place where we've been regularly to have a few drinks in Manchester and environs. And again, that's another probably, we'll have to try and get that down to a handful of pubs. Uh, we've, as you've heard, we've also talked about our kind of fairly regular trips down to the big smoke, down to London. So we might have three northerners, you know, kind of country gorbies visit to London uh, and some tales. Certainly, me and Bruce have got some. Fine tales about <laughs> getting 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 mixed up in the middle of uh, the riots and trying to find real ale uh, again back in the nineteen eighties nineties. And then I know you two have, have talked a bit about uh, doing one for the northeast and Newcastle and Durham especially. So we'll have a beer on the time one as well. So that'll take us to about Easter, I guess. Um, and then we might just have a bit of a break. Uh, and then good, really. Anything, anything else? Uh, and maybe any people suggest any any other place that we could look we'll at. We'll have I some say, pubs to go to. Hopefully, hopefully yeah. Talk I mean, again, you know, as we've said, we we've been to virtually all these pubs we talked about. But some of this is about planning the trip as well. We said that you know some of this is just about thinking about planning. Um, so again, it would be nice sometime, you know, there are certainly some like Bristol is a place that I've not really been to. I've only been kind of fleetingly and, you know, maybe had a couple of drinks in, in somewhere like that. Um, I've never really been drinking in Birmingham. I mean, there's some cracking pubs in Birmingham. Yeah, I've mainly just been down the kind of main bit where um, down to where the kind of the Sea Life Centre is and, and the, the, there's some nice pub that the one that Bill Clinton went to and all those that are on the canal basin there, which is quite nice. And they've got these Ronnie Scotts and all that stuff across the road there uh we've mentioned manchester we've talked about liverpool quite a lot i guess we could do something on liverpool as well um and yeah so that's the plan so uh, as always uh if you are listening to us on some of our podcasts if you don't mind leaving us a review again remind you can get us on all the good pod podcast podcast providers uh, and, and again if you as nick said if you do want to have a look at the youtube channel you get some visuals and some of our pictures uh just look for malt travail on youtube and you'll find our channel uh again as always the best place is probably just go to twitter malt uh, uh under dash ale um, and we put all the links on there to both the podcast the youtube channel and also the uh, website where, again, as, as I said, I have put a list of pubs with a little bit of an explanation and a little bit of just a little bit more stuff about kind of getting to and from the places, et cetera, as well. So I hope you've enjoyed that listen. Um, I'm sure we've gone way over time, as we always do. Um, yeah. But we will see you all uh, hopefully in a week's time. So cheers, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Cheers. Welcome. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>